Hey, I'm Fergus March. I like computer games and films and music and comic books and good TV shows. Hi, I'm Azim. I pretty much like all of that, all of the above. And we're going to be talking about that, all of the above stuff for the next hour or so. So, hello. What have you been playing, Azim? What's going on? Um, so, I've been playing quite a few games recently. Um, I've got, I'm in this annoying place where... Uh, because a lot of the stuff I'm playing is very addictive and doesn't have an end, the games which have an end, I haven't been able to finish. Right. But um, I think the most amazing of all of them, for me, has been Uncharted 4. Um, I'm only about a third of the way in the game, but the story and the gameplay and everything is pretty incredible. Um, I, like I, I've, I've played the first two Uncharted, played Uncharted when it came out one time ago, um, thought it was good. Then Uncharted Two came along. Thought it was amazing. Um, Uncharted Three, I barely got through the first five chapters, and really? then I gave up on it. Okay. I don't know. I just found it really boring. Um, the, I don't know the pacing at the start of the game. I, it just it didn't interest me. So I haven't actually finished Uncharted Three, um, and I tried to before Uncharted Four came out. Um, but then Uncharted Four came out. Everyone was playing it. I was like, oh, I need to do this. Um, I started playing it and it's incredible. The, the graphics and the mocap in that are second to none in any game that I've played. Um, I remember playing Call of Duty Advanced Warfare recently and they had um, Kevin Spacey in it. Mm. And the, the mocap on him, I was, like, I was like shocked how good it was. But then this comes along and it is absolutely incredible. There's, there's moments I'm looking at it thinking... Is this a game? <laughs> because yeah. it's so good. Okay. Um, is it all Nolan North playing? Yeah, it's Nolan North and um, that other guy who's in everything. Uh, he's in The Last of Us. I forget his name. Oh, Troy. Come Troy on. Baker. Troy Baker. Troy Baker. Troy Baker. Yeah, it's those he's two. in everything, but he's he is excellent as well. I think he was a replacement for someone else. Uh, they had someone else going to play his part, but then that person cancelled their contract or something, and um, he came in to fill the spot. Is he playing the brother role? Yeah, he's playing the brother. Should I have said? Said spoilers before that. Uh, no, I think I think like... the, the brother's been in a lot of the marketing. And so... Thief's End seems to be like there's kind of an intro thing, isn't there? Yeah. Quite a long. It takes its time at the start of the game, from what I understand. Yeah. But then when the brother kind of comes in fully, that's when it kicks off. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what? Actually, Uncharted Three had a similar segment where where it went into uh, Nathan Drake's past. Um, I found that mind-numbingly boring in Uncharted 3. Whereas this one, I was really drawn into the story. I don't know if that's because... It, it might be something as simple as the graphics are better, therefore I'm more immersed in it, into it. Um, but I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, I'm, I'm a third of the way into the game. Um, it's taking me a while because I decided to play it on the hardest difficulty. Uh, which I kind of regret a bit now because I'm not enjoying it as much at parts. Like, the set pieces. Um, if what you want to be playing the game for is the story, then getting yeah. hung up on the gunplay, which the, the gunplay, to be fair, is the reason why I'm not that interested in Uncharted. I'm, I've mm. found it... It's something about that that size of player character, like, that size of Avatar on the screen really freaks me out. Did he ever play Devil May Cry 2? Yeah. For some reason, they made him so small on the screen. I did, like... It doesn't. Does this sound crazy to you? It's not a first-person shooter. It's almost like you you've got this a sprite that takes up a very small part of the screen. I don't know, and it makes the aiming's all off, and the gunfights were always so. It felt really hectic. 
and I'm, maybe I'm talking specifically about three here, but there were so many sequences where it says, oh, you've got to be really stealthy in this bit, and you go, okay, I'm being incredibly stealthy, I'm taking ages to get to this guy, mm. and then just all hell breaks loose anyway, every time. Well, I mean, and it's not a, lot of the set stealth. <laughs> a lot of the set pieces in Uncharted 4, um, you kind of have, they've set it up this time, I don't know if they did it in Uncharted 3, they've set it up this time, as you can just gun straight through it, you know, you see the boxes, you know it's time to get busy with guns. Um, or you can stealth around. Um, most of the set pieces are like that. Uh, and like, I've tried to stealth a couple of them and it's never worked out very well for me. Like, I'd be like right at the end of it and I'd get seen or something. Um, and I, but I, I wouldn't say I'm amazing at stealth games anyway. Like nowadays, I'm getting I just don't have the patience anymore, and they're a lot more complicated from the days of like Metal Gear, where you have like a little mini map with yeah. with cones of vision mm. and stuff, and you could just you know see the patterns and just walk around. Mm. Um, it's a lot more subjective of you know what you see in the game, uh, which I kind of enjoy less than the cones, to be honest. Um, yeah, there's there's. There's a big difference between like having a mini map and and markers and things like that. It's not realistic, sure, but that's what makes it a game. Like I have no interest in actually being yeah. a stealth murderer. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a good shot, actually. I know, but then at the same time, uh, The Last of Us is you know one of my favorite things ever, and the way they did stealth in that, obviously, stealth was extremely important you've got no ammo and these things are one hit kill bad yeah. guys um, and on the easy and medium mode you had that kind of listening mode thing yeah. you could go into where you just hold down like R2 or whatever and, and then yeah. you can hear things on the other side of a wall which they take away from hard and survival mode yeah. in that game that is amazing hard mode on, on Last of Us is incredible mm. the fear obviously is ratcheted up That's but to be fair that's why you're being stealthy it's so that you don't die, not so that you don't get discovered and have to turn it into a gunfight. Yeah. Because um, if that happens in Last of Us, you're dead. Yeah. But Uncharted, every time I just, oh, okay, sod it, and started shooting everything. And, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a shame. Survive. I feel like um, Uncharted 4 has really benefited from The Last of Us, as in they've taken a lot... I, I can't think of any features that they've, you know, copied one-to-one. But I can see Last of Us's influence on the game. Same directors, no? Yeah, yeah. It's it's Naughty Dog. It's um, mm. same same developers. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think it's really benefited that series. Mm. To be honest. Yeah, so. I'm sure Naughty Dog. But then the pressure's on for them, you know. And I've heard some people say that 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 like long intro before the brother is f- fully introduced into the game is could be seen one or two ways. It's either a, a, a a dev team kind of going, okay, let's take our sweet time over this and everyone's going to love it. Mm. Which is a cool way of telling a story or a really arrogant, indulgent way of telling a story. Okay. And you know, if you weren't into it, you could go, well, screw these guys. Why are they wasting my time? Yeah. Um, it's the Harry Potter problem. You shouldn't have to read two crap books so that you can enjoy five okay books. Yeah. Like, that's so. too much. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. My my experience of Uncharted is is it's similar to a lot of other games I've had where like 
the opening 15 minutes is can be so, so, so good. I loved the first 15 minutes of Uncharted 2. Mm, the bit yeah. where he's kind of, it's, it's flashing between him trying to escape from that train wreck in the Himalayas. Yeah, yeah. Which was amazing. It was incredible. And funnily enough, they did something really similar. Do you remember that, that game a few years ago? Was it called Journey or... Yeah. No, no I, no, I don't mean Journey. That was okay. the simplest. The, the yeah, yeah, yeah. That was beautiful, but not. That's not what I meant. It was um, it was Andy Serkis did the mocap for it, um, and it was like monkey. It was it was kind of based on monkey slave slave enslaved enslaved. Okay, I never played that. The first fifteen minutes of that was incredible. Yeah. It's similar to Uncharted Two, where you are clambering around a spaceship as it crashes into Earth, and you're trying to work out how not to die basically by doing all these kind of cool platform puzzling things mm. as you see the earth coming to, like it's, it's really really cool mm. different bits of the spaceship blow up and it's, it's all about it's those timed those nice little timed events where just as you jump off that ladder onto this ladder that last ladder disintegrates and falls to earth you know mm. and it's that kind of timing that, that's an amazing white knuckle ride to open a thing with but then as soon as you land you're just in a fairly basic third person shoot up with stealth Okay. I found that too much with Uncharted. But, like, I mean, with Uncharted 2, at least, um, they had those kind of moments every so often, I feel like. Right. Um, I feel like it was, it was you know, amazing set piece to start with, fairly mundane, traversing and shooting part, mm. um, and then every once in a while there'd be another really good set piece. Mm. Um, I felt like Uncharted 3 didn't start with that at mm. all. Mm. It just... It just sucked from the get-go. Yeah, right. Um, Uncharted 4 fixed that. Okay. It starts with an amazing... I wouldn't call it a set piece, but it's very high-octane um, kind of you know, scene that you're in. Cool. And then it goes into something a bit quieter, a bit slower, okay. you know, introducing the story and stuff. And I feel like they nailed that. Um, one of the things in Uncharted 4, which I'm, this isn't really a spoiler, because it has nothing to do with the story. Um, but you, you're, you're in Drake's, so Drake is somewhere and he sits down to play a PlayStation one and he's playing Crash Bandicoot Yeah. and then you actually play Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. That's awesome. That was, not that was, I, I was so happy. That made me so happy. I was that like, is this cool. is incredible. That is cool. That, that kind of entertainment within entertainment I, I, I love that stuff mm. that, that is incredible yeah it's level 4 isn't it boulders you get to play all of that yeah yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was a big Crash Bandicoot fan <laughs> back in the day um, but uh, I love that stuff I loved it I remember The Darkness do you remember The Darkness oh, I never played Darkness oh that was a good game I, I loved it that was what brought me over to, to Playstation actually that, mm. that um, uh, yeah that, 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 that's the guy with the, the shadow kind of yeah, extra hands and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. As as it was a kind of, it wasn't an RPG, but you were developing these awesome and game changing powers as you went on, mm. and those powers would allow you to go back to areas of an open world map that you'd been to before to do more stuff that you weren't able to do first time through. Mm. Um, I guess that's the definition of an RPG, isn't it? And you, insofar as you could choose which bits of yourself you powered up. Yeah. But by the end of the game, sure. They were, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a character you were developing apart from the one that game directors wanted you to play, but so that by the end of the game you could have a gun in each hand, plus four different demon powers going on at the same time. Yeah, 
I like it. Yeah, yeah. And the button. Anyway, but the, the reason I brought it up, amazing game, but there were massive long bits in it where you could go back to your flat and just watch a whole film on the telly <laughs> in your flat, and you could choose between three different things. It reminded me of um, when Grand Theft Auto Five did yeah. it as well with those crazy yeah, cartoons yeah. they've got. Yeah. And I, have you ever tried watching them? Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know about five. I remember watching stuff like that in four. Um, you could see, you could watch Ricky Gervais do a stand-up. Oh, yeah. Uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and even the TV stuff. I don't remember any of the TV stuff. But that one really stood out to me because I was like, wow, this is like so, this is pretty amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. It's an amazing thing to be able to do. And yeah, that was that was weird, that cameo. Yeah. But in five, it was really weird cartoons, like Ren, like Ren and Stimpy gone crazy. Um, crazier. Um and it was it was really it's so weird. You can't watch it for very long. And I made the mistake of getting the character stoned as well. Okay. You know, there's that choice where you <laughs> yeah. can like he's got you can just start smoking a spliff in front of your aunt or whatever. And yeah. And then you can't watch the thing on TV anymore because all you can get is his like blurred vision and him going, "Oh man, my friends hate me." <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, stay away from that stuff, man." <laughs> um, yeah, I love that entertainment. But if you can play a full game in a game, that's just awesome fun. Yeah, and a really yeah, nice. Really cool. It was it, it was generally yeah. like the setup of it was very immersive, and as he's playing it, he's commenting on what he's doing, you know, on what you're doing, really. Which was it was just it was just really really immersive. I really enjoyed that part. That's incredible. Yeah, but that's kind of weird if you think about it. Like Nate is therefore as good or bad a gamer as um, the person yeah. they playing him. Yeah. It wouldn't like so. force you to be a, to be bad at Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> or if so. he's just going, "What the hell's this?" Like, like my dad would have in the eighties. Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand what I'm seeing here. Um, <laughs> and what? So, what would you recommend it? Not even not having finished it, but like. Yeah, definitely, definitely, hundred percent recommend it. Um, it. I think it's got nine out of tens and four sure. out of fives across the board. So, uh, and I agree with them. To be honest, it's uh, it's a. I can't say it's a masterpiece yet because I haven't finished it. Sure. Um, but I've also heard a lot of good things about the multiplayer, surprisingly. I mean, Uncharted 4, Uncharted multiplayer generally has been, you know, kind of added. Tokenistic. Yeah, and it's been okay. Like, I, all of them I've played, played like two or three rounds of it and it's been all right, but it was nothing amazing. That There was nothing there to keep me playing, basically. Um but this one, I've I've played one or two rounds of it. It seems better. Okay. It seems better. Yeah. Okay. I've never been. Yeah. I've, I, yeah. I've tried multiplayer every now and again on games that clearly aren't designed. You know, those tokenistic efforts. The Last of Us multiplayer was. A, a, a I, I, I never played that one. Oh man, it was terrible. Really? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I was terrible. Um. What do you think if if a game. Was well written and well balanced. How would you feel about a game that was somehow entirely structured out of set pieces rather than? That would be movie? more more like an interactive movie, mm. I guess. Um, it's been done before. Uh, I can't remember the game. I'm pretty sure it's been done before. Ah, oh, it's gonna bug me now. I'll try and think of it. Okay. But. Um, I think I would I would probably play it 
But I don't think it would ever be one of them, you know. I don't think they could ever do that and make it one of my favorite games. Right. To be honest. Um, so. Did you do you ever did you ever play those? Was it Square? No, no. Um, like Heavy Rain and. Uh, yeah, I played uh, Heavy Rain. Do you ever play Beyond Two Souls? I never played Beyond Two Souls. I've heard good things about that. It was okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't get very far. Oh no, no, sorry, I'm getting confused. I didn't hear good things about that. No, no. It was like, oh, you've done that thing again. Yeah. Heavy Rain was just. Um, I mean, I played through it and I kind of failed at everything. So, and <laughs> almost everyone ended up dying, um, and I, and I was really bummed at the fact that that happened because I was like. Literally everyone died. Yeah, that's not okay. That's a terrible ending. You must have played it really badly. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I just made bad decisions or or I wasn't quick enough to mash the buttons, I guess. Well, I thought I was doing really well. Mm. And I think this is... Maybe Heavy Rain was just before... There was, there was a huge amount of participation and communication on the internet over these kind of things. Mm. With people like live communicating what they're, what they're doing. Um... So I just finished Heavy Rain assuming that I had the best ending because I'd played it surely so well. Mm. And it turned out I was... It was not good. <laughs> um, the, the, um, just a note on Heavy Rain. There's a video on YouTube about a guy... He, 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 he's showing... There's, there's one scene in it where you're chasing someone down and he fails everything. Like, he doesn't touch the controller. And he's just... It, it's the most hilarious video because of his laughter... And oh, the stuff that's awesome. happening on the screen, and what actually, actually, as you watch it, you're like, "This is ridiculous." Yeah, this is actually ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I might go and I might go and look at that. But but those kind of games, I suppose, I don't know whether you would include stuff uh, like the Telltale games in that category. You know, like mm. uh, like Borderland, the Borderlands One, Walking Dead One, and stuff. Um, you do get a fair bit of control and obviously it's, it's based on your decisions but it's more of an interactive movie really I'd kind of I'd kind of say La- The Last of Us is that I disagree about that on that one okay I think The Last of Us had quite a bit of gameplay in it and um, had had a few of the box scenes when you see a box and you know it's time to pull your guns out um, yeah that's true that's true, but then every moment like that was designed to make you strategize and therefore play through it in a like it wasn't as if you had a huge amount of freedom. Yeah, but you, you you didn't have choice in that game either. Mm. Like it was a linear story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas the Telltale games and Heavy Rain are they branch out so much. Mm. You know, it's based on your decisions. What happens really? Hmm. So, I've I've been playing um, two awesome things that both start with F. Did you ever try Firewatch? I have Firewatch. Haven't fired it up yet. It's great. Yeah, it's great. I'm a big fan of Rich Summer, who did the the voice of the main character in it. Mm-hmm. He's he's been in like Mad Men and um, well, American Summer and stuff like that. He's yeah, he's and he's been in a few podcasts. Actually, he runs or used to run a podcast called cardboard which is about board games so mm-hmm. he's he's a geeky guy but he's a really good actor and the, the trailer is I, yeah so I wasn't expecting much of it uh, I downloaded it and 
within 30 seconds. Like, it starts with, with kind of a couple of minutes of just text. There's no thing like... <laughs> Did you ever play, um, uh, like, Mass Effect 2 on the PlayStation? On the PlayStation? Yeah. No. No, I didn't play It's a really weird comparison I'm making, I guess, but because Mass Effect 1 didn't come out on the PlayStation, Mass Effect 2 started with, like, a 10-minute pracy of 1, okay. and you were asked to make decisions. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can do that on the on all of them, I think. Okay. You can do that. On all, oh, if you don't have a save file for the first sure. one, um, it will let you make those decisions. Right, okay. So, so yeah. Firewatch kind of starts with that, but it sums up an entire relationship. And it's 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 somehow incredibly moving just within the first couple of minutes. Right. You really tie yourself to this character played by Rich Summer. Um and then when the game starts, it's 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 really compelling and really creepy, and and it's one of those things you'll have it done in like four hours. It's not it's not a long game, yeah. Um, and I haven't been compelled to to go back to it necessarily. I really felt like I explored everything, and and did everything there is to to do and everything there is to look at, and it is kind of a walking simulator. Okay. You know, it's there is no. I think it'd be quite hard to die. Like I didn't. I didn't ever have to restart a bit or or, or, or redo a bit. Mm. Like it, it, it will take what you do. But the real genius of it is the is the voiceover work. Um, Rich Summer is amazing in it. Sissy Jones, he he plays a guy that's kind of just dumped in a in a watchtower on his own for for months, and he's just got to look out of this tower and occasionally go for a walk around the, the national park mm. that he's in the middle of. And the only person he's regularly in communication with is this woman who who runs all the watchtowers and, but she's miles away mm. like three miles away um, at the top of her tower and you're only ever communicating in by, by walkie talkie but the speech options are so cool yeah. you genuinely get to define your relationship with this person and it feels like you're actually having a conversation Absolutely. a proper conversation yeah, yeah. Um, one that uh, like I've noticed, for example, in Fallout 4, I mean, everyone had a problem with the speech options for Fallout 4, <laughs> but um, even big fans of the game. Um, but you know how you kind of get the impression that whatever button you press to, to denote whatever answer, the Ends NPC the is still going to say the same thing back to you, Yeah. right? Um, in Firewatch, that is not true. It's it's really cool. And the story is really compelling. Um, and it, it builds really nicely. And, and yeah, I'd, I'd thoroughly recommend that. Um, but the other thing I've been looking at, talking of Fallout 4, is Far Harbour. Okay, yeah. yeah. The DLC, the yeah. big one. It's the third of three, they released them once a month, and the first one was Automatron, which was okay. Yeah, that's the one you just get a robot, right? You there's some, get there's some extra robot. missions in the map, Okay. and th those missions tend to take you to areas which are being controlled by these guys called the Rust Devils, which I think is a homage to the dust devils um, but the rust devils are these guys that, that build a lot of robots mm -hmm. and eventually um, you, you kind of start scrapping bits from their robot defence that are mods they're like robot mods Yeah. and you're, you're not really it, it doesn't hold your hand through that expansion which was quite nice um, but eventually you find out there's this guy the mechanist who's a that's a callback to Fallout 3 because mm. um, there was the, the battle between the mechanist and the ant agonizer um and the mechanist was a guy who just had loads of robots. The antagonist antagonist was a woman who just had lots of ants. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
so the mechanist is back in town. He's in the Commonwealth and um, he's unleashed a bunch of robots. But eventually you get to the mechanist and have a showdown with that character. And their backstory is really cool. And you basically at the end of the fight, you have um, you, you can build a robot building workstation in your settlements okay which is really good it means like um covenant which is one of the settlements in fallout 4 i now have 12 that's where i send all my robot characters okay so all the all the kind of companions who are robotic um and all the robots i make myself they all live there and they, they are my um they're my links to the the other settlements my provisioners okay. um so automate automatron was was okay Wasteland Workshop was re- like, not great. That was that that was literally half fire from Skyrim for Fallout Four. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Not even that because there weren't any major new buildings you could make out of it. The key thing was you could build a re- uh, traps mm. where you could trap anything if you had the right bait. Yeah. Um. And. Uh, this sounds like Sims IKEA DLC. Um, in the in the Sims, you could get like you could get DLC, which is basically furniture from IKEA. And stuff. It's kind of that. I, I I was like really excited by it, and I had this massive plan to to kind of have an M, an XP bank yeah. where I built like I built a hundred raider traps, yeah, and encircled them so that if I turned the power off to all one hundred traps, there'd just be a hundred raiders boxed in and I could just chuck grenades in and get XP or just see what they did it was more for just like an experiment to see what they did maybe unleash a death tra- death claw that I've trapped so yeah. I, I ended up also as, as the same time as these raiders I built lots of gunner traps and I built a few death claw traps and I built a few myelite traps all on Spectacle Island and they were all running off one power a generator yeah um uh, that, that, that has a hundred it generates a hundred electricity which is great and that was an addition that the Wasteland Workshop did that was actually good or yeah. handy um, and uh, one gunner got onto Spectacle Island shot my generator and opened everything before I was ready so by the time I got to Spectacle Island there were a hundred raiders three death claws and six myelurks <laughs> just waiting to kill me Um, and because I'm quite high level they were quite high level so it was all gunner commanders and like chameleon alpha deathclaw nonsense and all that (laughs) stuff so yeah it was was horrible and the other thing is DLC shouldn't be handy and expansion should not be handy that is what like an update that is what updates are for that's what an update is for if Wasteland Workshop had been a free like they they did include a bunch of bug fixes with it that's that's an update yeah that's not cool but all of that said Far Harbour is the business, and funnily enough, it is. It is an answer to a lot of stuff that people complained about with the main game. So, so what I've heard is that Far Harbour um, kind of solves the issue of positive and negative karma. You can make decisions which are actually bad, instead of, um, you know, a good decision and uh, a neutral positive decision. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was either good or less good. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I don't know how you express that in a complex way. Like on the mainland in Fallout Four, if you go into a settlement, settlement and start sh- like if you went to Diamond City and shot the mayor, you can assume that you'd then 
that would be a bad thing to do and it would have consequences in the game. It would be hard to go back to Diamond City because all the guards there would want to kill you the whole time. Yeah. That is a negative karma thing, kind of. Yeah, but that's that just seems really like obvious. Like it it it, it, it didn't didn't add any there was no depth to it. Okay. Kind of if so, you go somewhere, I mean that that kind of stuff was in um the Game Boy Zelda. If you go in and steal something, the shopkeeper shopkeeper tries to kill you, you know? It's, it's super basic. It is. Yeah, don't steal stuff, kids. Yeah. That's that's not a good thing. Okay, so Far Harbor addresses that in ways that I didn't think a computer game necessarily could. Okay. Or rather, you know, Fallout 3 I loved, Fallout New Vegas I loved, mm. apart from the glitches, the glitchiness of it. Mm. But <laughs> genuinely, I was like, okay, so these are the bad guys on Far Harbor, uh, on the island. Um, I, I get what's going on here, and I, I think it's very clever. I see how the writer is trying to coerce me into uh, sympathising with these people. But then they're reveal something or show you something or another faction would show you something to gen- that would genuinely change my mind about them mm. um, and that happens several times in the, in the main story plus the island itself is beautiful it's very different from the commonwealth it's it's greener but at the same time much scarier like it's a dark green it's foggy uh, it's cloying and, and the fog works really well mm. you genuinely it, it solves any kind of <laughs> Draw distance. Yeah, right. Okay. Problems. <laughs> but, I mean, it provides some amazing effects of, of things coming out of the fog at you. Okay. And high perception characters can still see through the fog, but they've addressed that by having the equivalent of raiders on Far Harbor Island are these guys called the trappers. Mm. They hide. They will wait in, 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 in lakes with just the top of their heads popping out. <laughs> They'll be stood in bushes. Yeah. There's these massive lizard-like monsters called gulpers. They're called gulpers because they'll, they either run into you and smash you with their face or eat you whole. Um, and genuinely, I'm I'm level like hundred ish, um, and they were killing me with one, one one well, what three smashes I suppose. Mm-hmm. They hide in trees, in the fog, and they'll literally just fall out of a tree on you. Okay. You'll find yourself. I mean, and uh, that fall out. Hey, that's why they did that <laughs> for us now. Um, I, I, I can, I can, I can, I would recommend Far Harbor to anyone who likes Fallout 4 already. I would certainly recommend it to anyone who wanted more Fallout 4 and was disappointed with Automatron and Wasteland Workshop. But I, I, I'm not sure that it's going to change anyone's mind about the game because I mean, it is separate. I, I had no intention of going back to Fallout 4 because. Because, I mean, I, I played through the game. Usually, if I don't like a game, I will just stop playing it. Um, but I made it through Fallout 4, despite all the issues. You know, um, I played on PC, on my, you know, pretty beefy PC, and I was getting frame rate dips and stuff, which really annoyed me. Um, so, but Far Harbor, I might, I, I'm going to consider going back and checking it out. Um, just because it, as mostly people have been saying, you know, that it's an improvement on the base game and it fixes a lot of issues the base game had. So, yeah. It's hard. It's scary. There's some really good plot twists in it for, mm-hmm. for, for, for your character. Um, and how... Uh, and funnily enough, if you did Far Harbor early on in building a character, it would change your outlook on what happens in the main game when you get back to the Commonwealth. 
Okay. And funnily enough, there is there are a few. I don't want to give too much away about Far Harbor, the, the story and the factions on that island, but you do have cause to go between the Commonwealth and the island quite a number of times. Okay. Um, I, I definitely think it's worth it. Also, it came with the update 1.5, and that's the one that adds survival mode. Okay. Survival difficulty, um, which which people loved in New Vegas. Mm. Uh, I was never hardcore enough for that. I know people who started. Ah, uh, I can't. I, I, I can't imagine doing it with hardcore. Having to walk all that way. <laughs> mm. Yeah, walking everywhere. But then I think I I kind of understand why DLC happens and why it's why it can be so good. Mm. It makes sense. No one, they, the guys who wrote Fallout Four had been doing it for so long. They were so involved, they couldn't possibly have known how people were going to react. I bet you they were massively disappointed, really. Because mm. as far as they were concerned, they wrote a masterpiece. Mm. And as soon as stuff came back saying, hmm, it's not very emotionally complex, or, or you know, it's not, it's not Fallout enough, they, um, they added it in. And these days, there's no reason to stop doing that. You know, I went back to Batman Arkham Knight okay. recently. Yeah. Like a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Just, just because I fancy driving around in the Batmobile again and playing one of those battles. Oh, I can't imagine that. I hated driving the Batmobile. I loved it. I, I, did, I was really good at it, I think. Um, uh, and found that there were about a hundred different things that I'd automatically downloaded for the game. When I say a hundred, I mean like 30 or 40 of them were new skins for both the characters and the cars. But 40 of them were new maps for um, stealth and racing. Okay. Batmobile racing, not the fighting bit, but the, the racing bit. There's some awesome things. Like you get to drive around a, a, a stunt car version of the 60s TV show of Batman okay. with the Batman theme playing, that, that 60s Batman theme playing. Mm. Really fun stuff. Plus four new quests for the main game. Okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, like all, all this really cool stuff had been happening. And it's really exciting that, that DLC is, can do that mm. and can genuinely enhance. Like, it's, it's, it's a really good game, Batman. Yeah. It, what, I loved it anyway. Um, but there's, there's more of it. And I love that for anyone who's a fan. But it is weird that I, as a, a huge Batman fan and a fan of that game, didn't even know that there was more to do with it. I knew, like, in the months following it, I did download some DLC, yeah. and it was the um, Batgirl sequence where she goes to a... Okay, I didn't island. bother with the DLC on that. Some of it was great. Like, but funny enough, the Batgirl one was great. Um, other ones, the Harley Quinn one was horrible. I think by <laughs> dint of it being kind of in Harley Quinn's mind, it was yeah. like, well, I don't want to spend time there. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's not a nice place to go. <laughs> no, 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 not for too long. Um, and it was too long. So yeah, I, I love the DLC, and I'm, I'm looking forward to more Fallout DLC. But then, I've invested I, a lot I, of time. Are already. they doing any more Fallout 4 DLC? Yeah, I think they're going to announce some more. They keep saying this is the first wave of DLC. Okay, I thought this that, this was it. I thought they were done with it. Someone, the, the big rumour is, well, they, they do seem to drop hints every now and again, mm. right? And, 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 People knew about Far Harbor or something weird going on. Do you remember, like, about three weeks after Fallout 4 was released, there was this big thing about a guy finding a harpoon gun? 
Ah, oh, I don't recall. He'd been exploring like the huge amount of sea there is yeah. in the east and southeast of the map um, and found this thing called the harpoon gun yeah. and was able to use it in game and no one else could find it no one knew what the hell he was talking about and he was like this, I, this isn't a mod I found this thing in yeah. the game yeah. and the harpoon gun is a weapon in Far Harbor it's an awesome weapon okay. in Far Harbor it's really cool and I love a, I love a retrievable ammo Weapon, yeah. You know, when you go back to the body, you just yeah, kill them yeah, yeah. like uh, like like uh, crossbow ammo. You get um, someone found a thing called Nuka Nuka World. Okay. Um, which sounds like I think there's a Hershey's World, like an entire amusement park just dedicated to Hershey's chocolate yeah, M Ms yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I think they think there's there's it might be that an amusement park dedicated to Nuka Cola that you go into and and that sounds a lot more like the kind of sense of humour that Fallout Three and New Vegas had some of that sillier side of it yeah um, again which was missing from Fallout Four mm. so so is there a season pass for the game yeah and the season pass I... will apparently cover both. Or any all waves of it. Okay, then I, in that case, I'm probably going to wait for the game of year, the year edition, when that comes out with all of it, because I'm not eager to get back to it. To be Except honest. that the game of the year edition. How do you? How do you? Do you have to qualify for a game of the year edition? Because I thought The Witcher Three was game of the year. No, anything can be a game of the year edition. What? Yeah. Just by dint of having DLC. Yeah. If anyone ever has called it game of the year, they just call it game of the year edition. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah, I remember... Uh, I, I can't remember. Arkham Knight had a... No, it wasn't Arkham Knight. I can't remember which way a game it was. I was like, that was a terrible game. Why does it have a Game of the Year edition? Right. Um, there were some that were yeah. surprising. Shadow of Mordor had a Game of the Year edition. Yeah. Um, I don't think I, I that won... I don't think that won any Game of the Years, though. Right. Like, okay. from major publications. Um, but it probably picked up some small award somewhere mm. and they were like game of the year edition mm. you know um, speaking of DLC um, my fallout is the witcher 3 yeah and I'm really looking forward to the next expansion which comes out next week blood and wine that's beautiful blood and wine uh, I've heard I've heard people say that it's actually better than the base game mm. which is very rare for a DLC mm. um I have Hearts of Stone, but I haven't played it because I'm waiting for Blood and Wine to come out. Okay. How come? Uh, Did you know already that it was going to be? I, yeah, they when 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 the game launched, they announced they said there's going to be two DLC, like major story DLC. Um, Hearts of Stone is like a ten hour campaign, but yeah. people say it took them about fifteen hours. Are these on separate maps? No, um, maps so it's I'm going back in... to parts of the continent you already. It's it's the same. I'm not entirely sure because. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure if it's going to be a different area. I don't know how it works, to be honest. Because I thought about starting Hearts of Stone, and I started the, the main game again. And mm. I was like, okay, I'm going to play through the game again, okay. because I love it and I want to discover everything. Sure. Um, but I never I never carried on with it, because so many other games came out. So I decided to wait for both of these, and just you know, mm. kind of see see how it goes really and yeah I'm just looking looking forward to it so much yeah. I've got a friend who who played it on PC and only played it for like a couple of weeks when he first got it or even a couple of days I don't think he got that far through it and found I don't know how he did this because he's the only person who said this but he found that there were some game breaking bugs in it for him 
Um, so he waited for this, the, the last expansion that wasn't there. He just basically waited for a whole bunch of updates to come out. And well, then... I mean, updates came thick and fast. I mean, by the time I stopped playing it, it was on uh, 1.09 or something. Right. No, I think 1, 1.13. Right. So there was loads of updates mm. and bug fixes. Um, and to, to be honest, I agree. When, when I first started playing it, it was a bit buggy. Um, I had a couple of issues. But one of the, one of the bugs for PC that I haven't been able to fix um, is if you have any sort of overlay, like a Steam overlay mm. or an overlay from Windows 10, Xbox crap, um, that will cause the game to crash sometimes, which is really frustrating. Yeah, that's really bad. Um, and I don't, I don't even know if that's solved. I, I don't know if I'm going to have to do that, go through that again. Sheesh. But I'll probably just disable all the overlays, overlays yeah. and stuff, so just to be safe. Um, uh, but apart from that, I can't recall any major bugs. Um, but they've improved the UI and everything. I had some issues with the UI, you know, inventory management and all mm. that kind of stuff. They've even improved that. And I think um, CD Projekt Red are like one of my favorite developers for the amount they put into the game. They gave so much, all of the skins and that kind of stuff, all of that was free. Mm. Like they mm. gave you like a crap ton of it mm. right at the start. Which I thought was really, really cool. That's great. Which was really cool. And these two DLCs are quite meaty bit, bits of content. Um, the first one, like I said, was about 10 to 15 hours. Mm. This one's even longer. Right. It's like, I, I can't recall. Uh, it's 20 hours plus, anyway, of, yeah. of like story and gameplay and stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm just, just really looking forward to that. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be incredible. I'm going to have to get on it. Yeah. Uh, you haven't played The Witcher 3 at all? No. Okay. No, I think it's because I, I do tend to spend so much time. It, it, if, if an open world game comes out, then I just have to, and I like it, I have to explore every bit of it. Yeah. And luckily, for like, the only reason I stopped playing Fallout 3 and <laughs> New Vegas was because of the glitchiness. <laughs> um, and Fallout 4, they've only got one glitch now. They're down to one game. It's not even game breaking, it's just mission breaking. There's a mission you cannot complete. Oh, that sucks. Um, yeah, it does suck. It's ridiculous. It's a, it's a, it that this, not long mission, but it's a fairly substantial mission. Ends with a speech hmm. check. Yeah. And rather than triggering the next part of the conversation, if you do a specific speech check, it just cuts to a shot of you in silence, hmm. and it cuts to the shot of the person you were just speaking to in silence, and that is it. You have to walk away from that conversation. Um, the game, the mission stays in your inventory. I had a issue like that in Fallout Four, I think. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Fallout New Vegas or Fallout Three. No, Three in New Vegas, the glitches were just lag and crashing and frame rate drops and okay. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Fallout. Actually, New Vegas, I had no trouble with. Fallout Three, I had a lot of trouble with. Yeah. Right. Um, New Vegas yeah. depends how you play the game for me, because. My first playing through the game, I, I, I realised that what the game was actually about was you amassing an army to fight with you. Oh. And some of those side missions, it wasn't obvious from the mission itself or the criteria of the mission, but it turns out you were befriending people who would come back and help you. Mm. Like that, that enclave holdout, the enclave holdout of six guys. You meet one of them in the fort. In, anyway, all that stuff. I love that stuff. But the more people you got to fight on your side, 
the more NPCs there were in that final battle, and therefore the worse it looked, the more the frame rate dropped. <laughs> like, the better, the better. Essentially, the better you played the game, the worse the game looked. That's that's not right. That's not a fair trade-off. Um. <laughs> but I feel I feel like they didn't improve on any of that kind of stuff with Fallout Four. Like I, I I just wanted more from Fallout Four than than what I gave. But enough about Fallout Four. Yeah, I think. yeah. That's <laughs> I, think. I, could, I could talk about it a long time. Um, um, so the other the, games. I'm I'm like I wanted to ask you about Uncharted, but I haven't. I've only been playing Far Harbor and a little bit of Firewatch and. You mentioned you were into Overwatch. Yeah, so I've been playing. Overwatch came out earlier this week. Um, I wasn't one of the people who was in the beta, uh, which went on for a very, very long time. Um, but I watched a lot of people stream it, and I was really excited to play it. Which, I mean, I to be honest, I have I haven't got that much interest in multiplayer FPSs anymore. I used to love them back in the day. I would play Call of Duty all the time, Counter Strike. Sure. Um, but recently, I've just been like, uh, I think I'm done with that. Uh, maybe I'm a bit too old for it, really. Okay. Um, but Blizzard have this amazing ability of creating games, no matter what genre it is, you just want to play them. I think uh, this is best illustrated by Hearthstone, which is um, a collectible card game, a digital collectible mm. card game. Um I, I know, like, before I started playing that, I was like, why would I want to play this? I wouldn't want to play this. <laughs> but I ended up watching a couple of videos, and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. And then I played it, and I got hooked on it. And I spent loads of money on it. Um, and, and yeah. So I, th- I think Overwatch has done that to me again. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's an arena shooter, uh, which, and it has loads of characters which fulfill different roles. So because you, you you start off as a kind of developed character, don't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't. I, I, there's no unlockables in terms of character progression. Right. Um, you you choose a character and they fulfil separate roles. You've got your defense characters, your support characters, your offense characters, mm. um, and then it's six v six. You're on a map. There's objectives, and then you just go at it. Awesome. Um, but what's great about this one is that. I consider myself to be decent with a mouse and keyboard, um, like in terms of FPSs. Mm. Uh, I used to be really good, but I'm, now I'm decent. Okay. Um, but even if you're not, there is a role for you. Like even the support characters, some of them, some of them you don't need to have the most amazing aim to be a very, very, to be beneficial to your team. Okay. Um, even like there's a, there's a, a giant gorilla mm. uh, who's yes. in a lot of the marketing. Yeah. Uh, his name's Winston. His gun is this kind of lightning, lightning gun, okay. which you don't really have to have amazing aim with yeah, to sure. fulfil your role of being a defence character. Sure. I think the only ones who you need great aim with are the offensive characters. Was he? Is he like an H uh, hit point sponge or something? Yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of like that. There's like four or five characters in each category, um, okay. and uh, it's it's amazing. Like the. the what they've done with the marketing has been great. It looks great. Mm. Um, I don't know. Have you seen any I've of seen the some videos? Clips, yeah, it looks really fun. Ha- have you seen any of the like the story videos? No. So they've made these like Pixar type animations. Oh, cool. Pixar level animations actually. Right. They're they're on that kind of level. Mm. Um, 
just to kind of pad out the stories because you don't get much of the story while you're actually in the game itself. But they sure. wanted there to be a story. Awesome. So those are actually incredible. Like I would watch a movie of that. Really? If they made a movie, I would hands wow. down watch it. I would hands down watch it. It, it would be so good. Is it I mean, the story is similar to like remember like Tekken had a story it's not as bad as that (laughs) Tekken's Tekken's story was pretty bad Um, and it seemed like just stuff took ages like Heihachi was 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 in it for so long that was bad pacing (laughs) yeah but anyway no no it's it's an actual actual good story well I wouldn't say it's a good story it's not a great story it's like good guys versus bad bad guys that kind of thing Um, but I don't, but I, but because it's like an arena shooter, I didn't expect there to be any story, to be honest. Mm. Mm. So it's kind of a nice plus mm. that they did. Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, it's it's just a great game. It's out on PlayStation and Xbox as well, which is cool. It's a multi-platform. Right. Well, as in, yeah, but still still dedicated to their own network though. Is on yeah you you're playing it on PC. I'm playing it on okay. PC. Yeah. How are other players? Are you, are you good at the game? Uh, I wouldn't call myself good. Um, <laughs> I can be beneficial game. to my team. Oh, okay. But I'm not amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going through the characters, trying to find ones I like right now. Sure. I've been through a few, few of them. Um, one of my favourite ones is actually somebody who requires a lot of aim. Okay. Uh, it's a guy called McCree, who's like a Western... Oh, nice. Western kind of character, a gunslinger. Yeah, a gunslinger. Oh, awesome. Um, and he, yeah, he's pretty cool. And I'm okay. I would say I'm okay. I wouldn't say good. Mm. I wouldn't say bad either. Sure. Though. I wouldn't say bad either. But I think it's just because I played so many FPSs throughout my throughout my lifetime. That have you good. have you found that the ranking has been correct? Like, are you usually playing with people who are? Uh, well, so... actually, right now there is no ranked mode. Um, okay. They took it out to do some tweaking. Um, it's a bit weird that they did it just before launch because it was in the beta mm. I think it was in the beta um, but they took it out but it will be coming in, the, in an update fairly soon okay so, but at the moment someone who's literally just bought the game could be playing against someone who's been yeah. doing nothing but for two weeks or... yes pretty much <laughs> right, pretty okay. much Yikes. pretty much alright it looked amazing it looks it looks hectic yeah it oh, is. talking of hectic have you looked at Doom at all I have. I've played Doom. That's actually the next game I was going to talk about. Mm. Um, All right. So, when when Doom, they first announced Doom, because everyone's been waiting for Doom, you know, everybody loves Doom. And Doom 3, quite frankly, was a disappointment. Mm. Because it wasn't Doom. It was generic FPS, you know, horror game. Survival horror, mm. really. Um, it didn't have the Doom vibe. And that's pretty much what everyone said so people were kind of curious about what this is going to be and then they released all the footage of it and they were like okay yeah maybe maybe it's going to work and then there was a period of uncertainty because they didn't release um they didn't release review copies to any reviewers uh because was a they, good sign. yeah which which was a bad sign. I, at that point i was convinced it was going to be a bad game even after wolfenstein Wolfenstein, um, the New Order and yeah. stuff, um, which you liked, which I did like. Yeah. I did like. It, I I thought that was pretty good, and I I expected it to be good because of that, mm. you know, um, and quite frankly, it's a really 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 good game. Okay, um, they've captured the old school Doom vibe, 
um, in terms of every, it's not a linear FPS. You don't just go in one direction and okay. you know and you know just kill people. That's it. You you have to do the whole key card thing. You need to go and get the key card and then come oh, back okay. to this door and then oh, go nice. through there and stuff. And the pacing is amazing. Like yeah. it's very very fast paced. I was actually surprised at how fast paced it was. Yeah. Um, I expected it to be a bit slower, but I was pleasantly surprised. Um, at the speed of it and it looks absolutely gorgeous really it looks great um, in terms of what the character design and the backgrounds or um, the movement through it because I've seen a above, lot of stuff it was oh, okay yeah. I would say all of the above um, the animations and everything just seem, feel so tight the performance is great a title um, that well known it has to be doesn't it yeah yeah definitely and all their marketing has been about how hectic it is I mean the music they play on the TV advert is, yeah. it's unlistenable like like it's they're really putting their stall out you know what I mean they're saying like this yeah. this is what the game is yeah. it's not for everyone <laughs> yeah actually the soundtrack um, is absolutely incredible it's done by uh, Mick Gordon okay who who's done um, he did the Wolfenstein soundtrack okay and he did uh, Killer Instincts soundtrack which okay. I actually I downloaded the tracks for that and I listened to right, them on, well, on a regular okay. because they're so amazing Okay. And he's done an absolutely great job. I think he needs to be in more games. Right. He, he he really captures that kind of hype kind of music, and mm. it's not it's not what you would expect it to be in this day and age, like dubstep and right. all that okay. stuff. He'll he'll match it to what is going on. Mm. Like um, in this, is a lot of rock. There is a bit of like dubstep kind of sound effects and stuff going sure. on in like the hell areas and and all that. Sure, um, it lends itself to that industrial. Exactly, um, and in Killer Instinct, um, there's certain characters like there's this uh, character who's who's like a golem from from golem. Is that the right word? The big rock. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Golem, golem, golem. Yeah. That's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> he's from like ancient Greece or something, and he captured that so well in the music. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just really, really, really good. I highly rate him. But anyway, Doom, I I wasn't impressed by the multiplayer because okay. I was in the multiplayer beta and I when I played that, I was like, ah. Mm. But the single player is just fantastic. Okay. Um, I haven't tried the snap map feature, which is a The feature. UGC stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah. People are doing some crazy stuff in that. Oh, I haven't seen any of it. They're doing like, you, you can make... Some people are turning into Little Big Planet, basically. Okay. They've made like... Um, drum sequence of rooms so depending on where you stand <laughs> okay. in the room you can have different drums going and like a, yeah. key, a full keyboard and things like that someone else is I find it quite odd like you often read about these things like the first thing the first big project to come out of UGC stuff is um, a homage to another game like that guy that made all of Final Fantasy 7 mm. in Little Big Planet 3 yeah um, that's quite a way to spend two years of your life yeah you know? Um, but I think, yeah, people have already started doing that in Doom. Um, yeah. I mean, that's what happens. That's what happens whenever you, you, you release a tool like that. People Mm. just, people just make stuff. Like even in, um, Super Mario Maker, they've done stuff like that. They've recreated the older games and all this kind of stuff. Of course. (laughs) Which is pretty cool. And they've tried to make like Metroid levels. Oh, nice. Um, There's even one where, where, um, you can play like a side-scrolling shooter really? and stuff. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was pretty. <laughs> oh, cool. wicked! <laughs> that wasn't my Metroid. Was 
that, wasn't it? Uh, no, um, prime. And yeah, that was that was more of a platform kind of like catch up. This is, I mean, like you're in a ship, like Gradius and is it Gradius? R type, like R type. You come type? back quite a long way there. Yeah. Yeah, I I did play R type. Was that on the SNES or the the original? I think it was on the SNES. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. I think it was on the SNES. Yeah. Um, so Bethesda are doing alright at the moment Dishonored 2 yeah. is going to be quite good as well isn't it I haven't played the first one okay it was good it was fun yeah yeah there were too many weapons that 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 suicided you hmm. <laughs> but like but at the same time they were, yeah it was fun and I like it I like a story like that it was good have you seen the trailer for Assassin's Creed the film ah it's a bad sign whether when I can't remember if yeah, I've seen the trailer. That means it has not gone down well. Um, I think it's. I already think it's going to be a terrible movie. Um, I, I think I have. Is that because all computer game adaptations are? Yeah, pretty much majority of them. I'm even even the first the first you know wave of wave of feedback from Warcraft has been that it's not a very good movie, and that's from a developer. Uh, like Blizzard who really care about their IPs um, I would always say like what you, you've got to ask why these films are getting made who, who are they for but I mean people will still go to see it even if it's a terrible movie because it's Assassin's Creed is that true no one went to see Street Fighter the film or Super Mario Brothers the film they were such uh... massive flops and then you've got um the Uwe Boll films like oh, yeah, Alone in the Dark I that's, on game uh, that's on a different level like that's you wouldn't go to see that because it's an Uwe Boll film you know <laughs> sure um, but if then, it's by a big studio and it's got a big name actor in it that makes the difference people will go and see it if it's a summer blockbuster then people will go and see it there was an interview with one of the producers of Grand Theft Auto 5 hmm. and the interviewer said you know so I mean like this would make an amazing film and he said, "Why would we, why would we do that? If it was a financial thing, that doesn't make any sense. We have made so many billions of dollars more than a film could ever make. Yeah. If it was about trying to entice, like expanding the universe for the people who enjoy playing the game, well, the reason they enjoyed playing the game is because of its their immersion in it. Yeah. And a film is alienating. You know, it's isolating. Mm. Um, it's not." Immersive, and so yeah, well, he just he kind of went through all the reasons why computer game films are a terrible, terrible idea. And Assassin's Creed, the, the one thing going for it is that Michael Fassbender, who seems to be not only a really good actor but also someone who takes himself or their career quite seriously mm. and will do serious work, he's been the the pushing force behind it. He's mm. been the one trying to get it made. He was the one that learned parkour like three years ago to prepare for it and all this stuff. Um, so that that's the glimmer of hope that it might be good but every single article I've read about it already every article starts with a paragraph computer game films are never good but maybe this one will be <laughs> seriously? because <laughs> the bloke who directed Macbeth last year is directing it that doesn't writing directing a, a good adaptation of Macbeth does not qualify you to to film Abstergo and, and justify but I mean, that I mean, we're, we're, so I haven't play, played that many Assassin's Creed games, to be honest. 
Uh, played the first one, got bored out of my skull. It's very repetitive and boring, yeah. Um, and then I don't, I didn't really go on to any other ones. Um, where the was is the story good enough? Like, obviously they're going to adapt it for the movie, um, but was the story itself good enough? No, and they're not adapting any one of the games for this for the film. Okay. But I mean, they've got they've got things from the game. The format of all the Assassin's Creed games, because they because in the trailer they show the Animus. I have seen the trailer. Ah, there you go. I I record it now. They they show the Animus yeah. thing. Um, that is the format for every game. Yeah. In the Assassin's Creed, you see, present day or slightly bit bit futuristic, but they they have a memory retrieval thing through your own ancestors and Abstergo are the Knights Templar and they're trying to corrupt the world somehow using this stuff and they're trying to it's basically a war between the assassins and the Knights Templar that keeps going because they have the the technology to go back in, to send people back in time along their own ancestors hmm. cognitive streams or yes it is a nonsense but um, their one is set in 15th century France or something like that it's 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 not <clears throat> it's not the 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 Middle Ages in the Middle East, and it's not Renaissance Italy. It's okay. somewhere between those two things. Um, and I, you know, I am a fan of the I, I'm a fan of the good Assassin's Creed games, yeah. two and four, <laughs> um, and all the other ones are so they're not good. But it's not the plot that makes me come back to two and four. It's it's. The most the recent the one gameplay. apparently was pretty decent. Yeah, the one set in London. Yeah, they they solved a lot of problems with that. But that, like, if you're going to say the one, the hook of Assassin's Creed Two is how awesome the parkour is, and then they started developing the maps to make the maps more complicated, which took away from the parkour because there were fewer awesome kind of flow runs that you could do through the cities, mm. and so to adapt to that, the latest game has a a, a batter a, a grappling hook thing. And a, and a tightrope thing. So you, anywhere you are, you just shoot at the top of the building and go up there, zip line up there. Is it like Spider-Man 2 again? I didn't play Spider-Man 2. Oh, there's never... This is one of my favourite games ever. Really? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> it was oh, on the shit. original PlayStation. Really? It was one of my favourite games ever. It was so good. Okay. I didn't think I didn't think Spider-Man had ever had a good game. Yeah. Okay, wow. Um, yeah, that... It might it might have saved time and been fun, but that's not that's a clear um, kind of diversion away from what the game was supposed to be, and it's a really weird cyclical thing where they're justifying their own choices, and by denigrating the original choices they made. I don't know, um, and I, I'm I I cannot watch anything set in London, that's that's voiced by American. Yeah. Actors, because there is, I, it's it's so. Bad Cockney is so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing, mm. from from Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins to, to now, uh, via flipping what's his name's um, Cockney accent in uh, Ocean's Eleven. Oh, what's his name? Did he plays War Machine in the Marvel films? Um, uh... <laughs> so him. Yeah. Did you remember him? He had yeah. he, his 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 character in Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, I read an interview recently with him, where he's literally he's still getting shouted at for his Cockney accent. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's 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 so yeah, I've been avoiding that one. We'll see. Michael Fassbender's a good actor. I'm going in with zero expectations. I'm hoping to be pleasantly um, surprised. Um, I think my my reservations are mainly because of Ubisoft. Uh, I just don't like anything they do. Right. Pretty much. How come? (laughs) Just everything I've played that's by Ubisoft has had either issues or has just been a straight up bad game. What Um, else have they done? So, uh, Far Cry... I, I don't like any of the Far Cry games. Mm. Um, it just it's just single player fetch quests galore, <laughs> and I can't handle that. I get so bored mm. out of all of them. Mm. Uh, what what was the other game? Actually, recently, oh, the Division. I was really disappointed okay. by the Division. Um, it, it was just a it was just weird. I, I like it looked amazing. It looked great. Even though there was a visual downgrade, apparently, um, it, but it just I just I couldn't get into it really. Um, I was kind of lucky that I got that one for free. Um, right. There's also Rainbow Six Siege, which was good, but they kind of ruined it. Um, I think they pushed an update, which just caused loads of issues with Oof. the game. That was the only one I kind of liked. Okay. And Assassin's Creed, obviously, which is, which I think is meh. Yeah, that first one's bad. Two, two and four. Four is fun. It's a different I, game. Uh, I play. I played one and three, which apparently are the worst ones. Yeah, easily the worst. <laughs> I mean, apart from some of the spin-offs, but three is you got to play for like twelve hours before you're even playing the main character. Yeah, but I was so confused when I started playing that. I was like, "This isn't the guy in the what? What's going on?" No, In Assassin's Creed Four, Black Flag. You're playing that character from Three's grandfather so it's actually set before it okay um, Edward Kenway and it's, it's that's sto- again it's not the story it was uh, yeah it was the, the ship plane. combat yeah, and all that, all that kind fun of stuff, stuff and the yeah. sea shanties and you know the atmosphere that made exactly. it good yeah. exactly and so if Assassin's Creed the film becomes a series where each film does that with a different time period mm-hmm. like a really long expensive version of Quantum Leap cool <laughs> Um, with parkour, that's fine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I, I have a similar lack of faith in it to you, I think. Have you seen anything that is good? Any films recently? Uh, not since Civil War, to be honest. That was the last good thing you saw or the last thing you saw? I think that was the last thing I saw. Um, obviously, X-Men has come out since then, but I had zero expectations. Yeah, the reviews uh, are in, and it's, it's not good, apparently. Yeah, well, it's, me- it's like sitting at 50, kind of 50 everywhere. Yes. I don't know about Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, tomatoes. <laughs> I, I hear everyone say tomatoes, so I say tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do you say Z or Z at the end of the alphabet? I think it depends on the situation. X, Y, Z. It should be, I think it should be Z. Sure. I think That's what I think it should be. Sure. But I, pro- I think I've probably said Z a bunch of times as well. Because I've watched so much American media, I just kind of... But isn't that weird? That, that I, No, I had a thing this morning. I think I even read Z as Z this morning, just in my own head. You know, like your internal... Like, as, um, I remember thinking, Z, really? Has that happened well, now? Well, I mean... Is, is it just... But then saying it should be Z, we, we're only saying that because we know that there's a difference, the transatlantic difference in pronunciation. Yeah. I'm pretty sure most Americans don't know that Z is a thing, even. Yeah. Like, they don't care. So yeah, I mean, just... even, like... I, I don't think I ever called the movie World War Z. 
I think I, think I always will... said. Oh, I think I always said World War Z. Sure, and I think that. Uh, uh, wow, Brad Pitt pronounced it World War Z when he was over in England. Oh, was he? Yeah. Um, maybe that was. I wonder if he actually had to sit and like somebody had to go through that with him and talk oh, yeah. to him about it. <laughs> yeah, everywhere he went in Spain in World War Z. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, presumably there's lots of. Different Zs. Yeah, of course. I'd thought of that. It's not just English and American people. Mm. Poor Brad Pitt. Well, I mean, X-Men... I don't know. I'm not really... I'm like... I didn't have any expectations from it. Because I didn't like the last movie. Uh, Do you find much. it boring? Days of Future boring? Days of Boring Past? Yeah, I think I've, I found parts of it boring... Therefore, I didn't pay attention. Therefore, I didn't understand. Right, right. So, I just... Like, the, the stuff set in the future, I paid attention to. Because I was like, ooh, graphics. Yeah, ooh, fun. cool stuff yeah. happening. But then the stuff in the middle is just really hazy to me. Mm. Um, me too, actually. I can barely remember it. Yeah. There's a there's scene with Quicksilver, uh, which is pretty much the only scene I can remember. Mm. And the first what? movie, the first movie I liked, the first one, the, the um, very first one, first no, no, class. no, no, first, uh, class. first class, first class is fun yeah. and it has some style to it. And yeah. Jane Goldman writes a script incredible, like she's so good mm. at writing stories where, I mean, you you get back as much as you put in, obviously, but even at a basic level of attention, you're still it's still so rich. Um, I don't know if she wrote the Woman in Black sequel, but all her other stuff—I mean, which sorry, which I haven't seen—but all her other stuff is really good. Kick-ass, amazing script. Yeah. yeah. Um, Days of Future Past was a bit boring though, and it really genuinely feels like blockbusters are going to just collapse in on themselves now, because every blockbuster film, every superhero film, has to end with a spectacle. Yeah. In the case of Days of Future Past, it was a, a, a Magneto lifting the stadium. Yeah. Um, and obviously Superman and Batman v Superman. Um, just cities being laid waste to. And then it looks exactly like that in, in X-Men Apocalypse. Well, when I the mean, Star Trek flipping, the second Star Trek film trailer came out, I was like, if I see another spaceship crash into a building, I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's the signature, isn't it? it that happens in... The next one as well, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen that in the trailer, I feel mm-hmm. like. Uh, <laughs> oh, look, the Enterprise but is... But, that, have you seen Civil War yet? No. Okay. There is a reason why I haven't. I even, I booked tickets to go and see it on a Friday, last uh, last Friday. Yeah. Maybe two weeks ago now. It's been out for a while, hasn't it? And I had a friend over who, uh, we, 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 who we, we both wanted to see Civil War and my wife we were going to, the three of us, go and see it together. And and and, uh, and I knew that Emma hadn't seen Captain America Winter Soldier. Yeah. Which I think is, uh, not having seen Civil War, I can kind of assume it's quite important for setting up some of the relationships in it. Yeah. Yeah. So what we did instead was we, we decided to cancel the tickets for Civil War and watch Winter Soldier and then Emma and I could maybe go and see Civil War the next day. We got 10 minutes into Winter Soldier and I knew what had happened. She turned around and said, 
this is really boring. I said, how, what, why, why is it really, how, I'm quite surprised at you saying that, why, in what way is it really boring? And she said, I just don't know what's going on. And I said, how do you mean? And she said, well, there's been a, sh- a scene where the guy's running around the Washington Monument speaking to the other guy. That was a good scene. Yeah. And then there was an action sequence on a boat. That was great. And then since then, it's all just been talking. And I said, yeah. But, I mean, the key is what they're talking about. And she happened just to have... We've got a glass of wine or something. She happened just to have switched off the, yeah. that level of her brain. Mm. I was like, well, of course you're going to find it boring if, if, you do, if, if you don't know what's going on. But I do think that is a thing... I don't know if it's specific to my wife... Or, or women, or anyone who's not a fan of superhero movies, even not sorry, not mm-hmm. to do with gender, but just you know, whether or not you buy into that whole thing at all. Um, if you have two people talking, as you do in Winter Soldier, about one person going, "Well, look at all these big spaceships that we're building in this underground bunker," isn't that exciting? And the other character going, mm, in this case, Steve Rogers going. It's not exciting. It's crazy scary. And you yeah. joke. This is a civil liberty infringement. What are you? What are you guys doing? Yeah. To someone who has a preconception about what superhero movies are, they're going to watch that scene and only see the big spaceships, mm. and not kind of get that actually the film's talking about how ludicrous those spaceships are. Do you know what I compare it to? I'm sorry. This is a bit of a tangent here. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Go for Have it. you ever seen the film The Graduate? No. Okay. So at the end of The Graduate. The girl, spoilers, it's like 40 years old. Um, uh, at the end of The Graduate, Dustin Hoffman runs in and interrupts the wedding between the woman he's in love with and her, her groom yeah. to be, her husband to be. And he, he's, he's, he bashes on the window, stop the wedding, stop the wedding. And it's really romantic and she runs off with him, right? And they're laughing and laughing and laughing. And they get on this auto, uh, this, this, this coat bus together. And the bus is just going anywhere. And they're just really excited. And they're looking out the back window of the bus and they wave and they, they sit there. And then slowly the, the shot stays on them. Rather than cutting to the end credits, the shot stays on them for an extra like 30 seconds. And you see their smiles turning into like, okay, what do we do now? Hmm. and then just before it actually cuts the end credits they're both sat there going you, it's so well acted they don't say anything in this last shot hmm. but you can see in their faces like uh oh what have we done this isn't about an event this is about the future this is about our lives and what if we've made a terrible terrible decision just now hmm. in the heat of romance so now what films have done since then particularly romantic comedies aimed weirdly at women who should find this kind of thing offensive um, given that it's implicating that they are just neutral people who have to be married before they can have a personality of their own or any use Mm. Um, anyway uh, a woman's utility is to get married brilliant Um, so what you've got is these rom-coms where someone smashes in the wedding and says no you're marrying the wrong guy marry me I'm in love with you and they run off and that's the end of the film and you don't get that with with films that have been inspired by The Graduate you don't get that extra 30 seconds of them going oh shit yeah so Winter Soldier there's a I think Winter Soldier was amazing because it was asking those questions, because it was turning it on its head. Mm. Like the Avengers had that massive helicarrier, and at the start of Winter Soldier, they're going, yeah, but we've got six helicarriers, and and, and Captain America's there going, yeah, that's not a good thing. Mm. I think anyone who has a preconception about what superhero movies are will watch that scene and still think they're talking about how amazing it is that they've got six spaceships. They'll be listening to Nick Fury's argument rather than Steve Rogers' argument, Mm. Okay. 
And that is why I haven't been to see Civil War. <laughs> That's a really long-winded way of basically saying I was waiting until my wife had seen Winter Soldier and we'd go and see Civil War together. And I kept saying, oh, I'll go and see it on my own, but she, she's read the reviews and knows that they're good. But then Winter Soldier reviews were amazing. And it's clearly not for her. See, I mean, the Captain America movies have been a bit weird for me. Like, the first one, I, I didn't like it. It's not a good film. It's not. It was it was pretty awful. It was one of the worst Marvel movies I've seen, to be honest. Yeah, it's definitely my bottom three Marvel movies. I'm not and then, really that big a fan of them. And then Winter Soldier was okay to me. I oh, think okay. it was incredible. Like, oh, I loved it. Uh, I thought it was a. Re- it had really some good refreshing. moments in it, but then, but then this one, I, I really don't want to spoil anything. Uh, Going to be trying to be careful about what I say. I feel like Civil War, so, so the thing you said about it ending in a spectacle, they have to end in a spectacle. I feel like Civil War kind of doesn't do that. Okay. Which is which was really, really kind of refreshing mm. and left me kind of fiending for more, to be honest. Okay. Um, well, that's a very good thing. So, so I really recommend going to see it. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. I will. It's crazy that I haven't. And I maybe might do that tomorrow, actually. Mm. Um, on my own. That's the thing. Uh, it's just about biting the bullet. And, not, and, and wanting to share everything with my wife, but then realising that some things I just can't because she finds them tedious. <laughs> <laughs> or however many times I go, no, but this superhero movie is good. <laughs> She'll go, is it? And then half an hour later, go. I'm bored because I haven't been listening. <laughs> that's unfair. Um, that's it. She likes the Christopher Nolan Batman's, but who doesn't? Yeah, I, I don't think anyone. Would You'd have to be crazy. Just, yeah, think, wouldn't you? pretty much. And the gold standard, which is another reason why Man of Steel and particularly Batman vs Superman are so so disappointing. Mm. You saw that, didn't you? Yeah, I've seen it. Gonna see it again? Gonna buy it on Blu-ray straight away? Day oh, comes out. hell yeah. Hells yeah. Hell yeah. I'm really looking forward to The Nice Guys. You heard about that? The Nice Guys? What was that? Shane Black. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, that the looks all right. It, it looks all right. It looks all right. I'm not the biggest fan of... Um... Russell Crowe? No, Ryan the other Gosling. one. Yeah. He's all right. I mean, actually, you know what? I have to say... Mm, but he wasn't a big part of that movie. I watched The Big Short. Okay. How was I it? absolutely loved that movie. Okay. Uh, Ryan Gosling's in it. He's good. He's all right, but he's not like me. He's not anything special, mm. no. Mm. Um, that's a star-studded cast, like, for sure. And he's got a lot of big personalities around him. Like yeah. Christian Bale's no comedian necessarily, but he he's a big personality on screen. And then Carell did him. But even like, um, so uh, is it fair to say that his biggest movie has been Drive? I reckon. Well, no, financially and culturally. His biggest movie is still The Notebook. Okay, I haven't seen that. So. Yeah, why would you? No one with balls has, I don't think. But I remember it was 2005, and every single woman I know could not stop talking about The Notebook and how amazing he was in it. Which, again, is a really weird message. He's a, he's a violent creep in that film. <laughs> um, who drunkenly entices this woman away from her boyfriend for no reason other than arrogance. But anyway, um, so romantic. Uh, 
Maybe I just haven't seen him do. But Drive is his most notorious film, I guess, and yeah. probably a career-defining film. But yeah, he's... but like I, I kind of remember watching Drive and thinking he isn't much. He's like a shell mm. of a human being mm. in this movie. It's um, tricky to weigh up the acting talent and charisma and persona against him playing a character who's supposed to be empty yeah. and just a nothing. Because mm. he is that in Drive. It's about whether or not you see. People compared him to Steve McQueen, and I can see why. Like, if you watch the opening scene of... Have you ever seen The Magnificent Seven? There's a remake of that coming out. Yeah, yeah. But the original opens... It's a scene, I think, with Yul Brynner and Steve McQueen in a stagecoach crossing the desert. Mm. And Yul Brynner has all the lines in it, but you're watching Steve McQueen. He's the strong, silent guy. And he is so charismatic, you can't take your eyes off him in the scene. Ryan Gosling, I think, is that to some people. So when he plays a, a tough, silent, a strong, silent type, I think you're encouraged to go, oh, no, there is an inner life there. I'm I mean, with you, I don't, I don't I, necessarily recognise that in Drive, because I don't, I've literally only seen him in Drive, and that's it. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I don't dislike him, but he's not done anything for me to like him. So, I mean, I will watch The Nice Guys, mm. because it does look kind of funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Shane Black is an amazing, I love, yeah, I love yeah. Kiss Kiss, uh, Kiss, yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, that was great. Um, I love his scripts. I love the long. I love the long Kiss Goodnight when I was when I was a kid, um, uh, and the Last Action Hero and the Last Boy Scout. No, he did not write Last Action Hero. I'm sorry, the Last Boy Scout. Um, <laughs> even Lethal Weapon and Predator. He's making a. He's making the new Predator film. Oh yeah. Yeah, and obviously Iron Man Three was, a, if you like that kind of thing, was good. I always question how much these, these directors of Marvel films actually direct the action. Yeah. And there was a lot of action in, in Iron Man 3 that I was like... Yeah. Really? I don't remember any of it. <laughs> the flipping last 20 minutes was all... He got out all the suits, basically, and the suits were flying autonomous, uh, fighting autonomously okay. against... Um, and then Pepper Potts gets... What's the names? Gwyneth Paltrow got... Um, uh, you know what? I'm, 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 Iron Man... Three, I get what they were trying to do um, about not making it, you know, not making it too much of a spectacle. Like, it was kind of a bit more subtle than the other villains, mm. than mm. all the other Marvel villains. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I don't know, I just didn't enjoy that one very much. So. Me neither, but I didn't, I mean, yeah, I'm not a fan of them generally. I still haven't seen Dark World, Thor, A Dark World. Okay, well, that was alright. But for some reason I am still looking forward to, like, I'm really looking forward to Civil War. I think, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to see it. Yeah. But Nice Guys, I think, is going to be... That's my hot tip for, for comedy of the of the summer, certainly. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, because it looks like we might have a reason to like Ryan Gosling after this film. Okay. Uh, are, you, are you planning to go and see Warcraft? No. No? No, from the first trailer, I... I, I was really put off it. I don't like the look of it. It's, okay. It is generic. Do you remember they did a Dungeons and Dragons movie at the turn of the century? Yeah. It's Jeremy Irons, I think, was in it. I think it might have even have been. Like, Uwe, Uwe Boll did a couple of those kind of films, those fantasy kind of films. And Warcraft, Warcraft, everything I've seen of it, has done nothing to separate itself from those very generic fantasy designs. And I, ever since Lord of, the Lord of the Rings trilogy... Mm doing kind of swooping aerial shots that, that come to focus on something specific and then draw these enormous camera moves that Peter Jackson pulled off 
um, with Previs in, in, in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, they have become a bit old hat now. Like I, I, I've seen them, and so running with a dragon is, or, or a beast of some sort as it goes along the ground, and then it falls off the cliff, and the camera goes with it, and you see it flying. Like yeah. that isn't as vertiginous and impressive as it would have been twenty years ago, for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. But if you're gonna try and bankroll a whole film on that kind of stuff that's not good enough and, and I can't imagine anyone who's not into the computer game having any interest in the film whatsoever there is nothing there to make someone go oh yes I want to see that film I guess so I think they did kind of bank on the fact like I think they did kind of bank on the fact that anyone who has played any of the Warcraft games will go and see this because oh look this uh, like one of, one of the major cities is Stormwind and they show a full shot of it and um, everyone's you know going to be like oh wow that's Stormwind I need to see this you know um, so I, do you go and see every film that's set in London for the same reason like you can go eh that's that's Stratton Common Station <laughs> no no I mean yeah. I feel I feel like that, that recognition is surely it's not a real place it's a computer game that's been transported into a film but like in, the, in a movie like looking at London you'd see London for London like it would be the same thing exactly sure the, it, from a game from a game to a movie it is like a totally different kind of scale you know in the game it's mm. not going to look anywhere as good as it's going to look in a movie mm. and you kind of want to see it as a real thing you know even though it's not real it's all CGI yeah. But it looks real. You yeah, know? For sure. okay. So I think I think I would say nostalgia is why a lot of people what a lot of Warcraft players um, and fans of the IP are gonna go and see it. Um, I never played uh, I I never really played WoW, uh, but I did play the older Warcrafts. Okay. And I do really like the lore, but I like the lore in like five or six movies. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, this this one is like very very basic. Like from the trailers, you know that they're gonna fight and then they're gonna join together. You know, <laughs> it's just yeah. obvious. I would know shown... to be fair without the trailers. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, can I ask a question? I know I've, I've already said two things about gender, which is weird. I don't have that agenda. Um, but do you see a female orc in the game ever? Yeah. Do they look like the female orcs in the film? No. I'd love to know I, how, I don't recall. how reproduction yes. would work with, with that because orcs are enormous but, and weigh about 30 stone and their women look like women, but with tusks. Hmm. That is a really, if you ask me, childish choice. Yeah, I, I do feel like they made that choice because they want there to be that relationship between... Um, what, a human and a female orc? Yeah. Oh, is it going to be a love triangle thing? I think so. That makes it slightly more relatable, but at the same time, it looks more like they've done it so that they can have a sexy orc lady. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> which is like... See, this is Warcraft 1 story, which I've, I've never played Warcraft 1 because it was very... It's like before my time I guess okay um, so I don't know the story at this stage uh, because some crazy stuff happens in those expansions that <laughs> like yeah. if that's that's the cool if stuff. that's canon yeah 
that's the cool stuff I can't wait until they get to the Warcraft 3 movie and, and you kind of see all the um, like the Frozen Throne stuff yeah and right it's going to be great if they get that far with it it does have to be successful doesn't it it will be successful oh you reckon I reckon it will be successful like even if they don't make their money in in the western world they'll make their money in like in China and sure. stuff so. for sure for sure that's how you hear about films that aren't very good being incredibly popular yeah that's how we've got an Alice in Wonderland sequel coming out that's okay. how we've got Transformers 5 is Transformers 5 happening? probably I've, I've, I'm fairly sure it was announced that was weak that is uh, how they've been four I don't get it I don't <laughs> yeah, get it yeah. I I'm such a big fan of uh, TJ Miller um, an American stand-up stoner comic guy who's in Age of Distinction no Age of Destruction Extinction Extinction um, <laughs> Excretion <laughs> yeah right um, but he dies after like half an hour I didn't yeah, even know he was in it. Pretty much when the film ends for me. Really? Yeah, he's, he's uh, Wahlberg's brother in it, I think. Okay. Oh, um, I heard something about Wahlberg playing Nathan Drake in an Uncharted movie. <laughs> yeah, but he, he's, always, he's been talking about that for ages. Because he, 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 he loves computer games. He played Max Payne. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Poor casting. Yeah. Like, te- what? how is that? You put a still of Max Payne in, out of Max Payne 3 next to any picture of Mark Wahlberg. It's like, how? Why did this happen? Yeah. Same reason Tom Cruise plays Jack Reacher, I suppose, because it doesn't actually matter. Um, but yeah. but uh, but yeah, Nathan Drake. No, I, I did hear there was a petition to try and get Nolan <laughs> North to play him. Um, no, Nathan Fillion. Everyone saying should play him. Yeah, he'd be good. He'd be he's perfect. Bit, this is very Hollywood of me, but he's a bit old, I think, already. Fillion must be hitting fifty soon, and surely you want someone who's in their thirties. Is Warburg in his thirties? No. <laughs> no, he's probably in his fifties now. I don't know. I don't know. No, maybe mid fifties. Yeah, I think he's in his mid forties. I okay. I don't know. I I think he'd be all right for it. I don't think age like Nathan Drake. His age is really is really a big part of it. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't want Mark Wahlberg. Even though I'm probably not gonna really enjoy the movie that much. Um, because of my preconception that all video game movies are bad, but <laughs> that's I think that's a valid preconception to have. Hmm. And and I, I, funny enough, I think what you just said about Stormwind hmm. is a thing that's going to carry on. That's probably what computer game films are hoping for every time, yeah. isn't it? But as soon as you see one of those classic Uncharted set pieces played out in film form, you'll be like, "Yeah, I wish I was playing this. I wish I was pressing a button to make this happen rather than." Just sat here watching Mark frickin' Wahlberg do it, you know, with CGI. And Indiana Jones 5 coming out, with Harrison Ford playing Indy again. It's oh man, like, I'm just gonna, like, ignore that. Ignore that that's happening, to be honest. Fair enough. Um, I'm gonna make a... Oh, talking of TJ Miller, have you been watching Silicon Valley? Yes. <laughs> now that is a show, let's get onto TV shows, because that's a show. Okay, because I know there's a big one that we want to talk about. There might be. A really big one. <laughs> um, some friends of mine have already done the sketch. Anyway, uh, yeah. Um, Silicon Valley has been getting better and better and better. That's such a good such a good show. Uh, you know what? I like. So the last couple of episodes have been so friggin' depressing. Like, 
I, I, I've just it's been painful for me to watch to be honest I'm finding it really really painful but then there was some reprieve in the latest episode which has kind of you know helped me a little bit you know <laughs> yeah it, but, but there's a danger in that isn't there the whole thing anytime they get screwed over it's usually their fault yeah but then they get even more deeply screwed over because of their inability to dig themselves out of the hole yeah but then every time the way they eventually get out of the hole is by going hell let's do it ourselves let's do it our way yeah and whenever they do that it's awesome mm. and you really root for the characters and it's great that they're doing it their way but you know there's the, the threat in that which is that anytime they do it their way they get screwed over yeah um, usually by themselves so yeah but everyone in it is so good it is depressing and I think that's what Mike Judge probably does has very little to do with the world of programming and software development, mm. but I imagine as an artist and as a creator of comedy for for three decades now, he um, or two now he's he is uh, very well versed in saying I want to create this crystalline thing that will get out to people. It will it will disseminate through word of mouth and be popular because it's of a quality mm. and because it's of a, a universal utility but it has to work in a certain way and an executive producer of a TV channel going yes but we need to make money mm. so if you're going to make this for us you have to make it our way you have to make a shitty box not a self-disseminating awesome piece of software and so as much as it is about software development and programming I think it speaks to anyone who's ever tried to get anything interesting done yeah. in the world not just yeah. in art and creativity um, but, but anything you've tried to develop and had someone else coming over the top of that development it, it's, it speaks to that and it's, it is as you say so frustrating and so depressing but at the same time really edifying I quit TV five years ago because of this because of this thing where everyone in TV is terrified all the time and TV is dying so they're panicking and trying to make things for everyone when actually the solution is well not even a solution the internet has made it so that that, that, that anyone can have their own pristine bespoke channel full of amazing things when I say channel I just mean you know input yeah, it's so easy to find exactly what you want that will please you. TV doesn't have a, ho a hope in hell, um, and so producer interference is. And loads of people who get paid just to have an opinion. It's about that environment, and that is global. Like mm. everyone can relate to that. Yeah, and so Silicon Valley, even in series one, those first few episodes, when I was, I loved it straight away. I was I'm a big fan of Thomas Middleditch. He's an amazing improviser. Uh, Kamel Nanjani is a hilarious stand-up as is TJ Miller um, and then you've got Zach Woods from The Office and, and loads of other films and stuff and um, Martin Starr who's just a stoner genius who plays the Satanist guy um, okay who's uh, in lots of stuff like Knocked oh he's in Freaks and Geeks um, so yeah he's he's they're all amazing guys yeah and so I fell in love with it from the very start of it but whenever I was trying to get friends into it I would describe it as a drama with jokes rather than as a comedy because it was so depressing and so frustrating from the very beginning. Yeah. Luckily, it's found its way in terms of getting jokes. And I think in that last episode, I think Mike Judge must have realised, or the writer must have realised, there weren't a huge amount of jokes in it. And so they had just added that scene where TJ Miller's on a bong yeah. and he's just coughing the whole way through the scene. Yeah. I thought that was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. But if you imagine that scene without the coughing, it's a normal dram dramatic scene. Like there's nothing really, there were no jokes in it apart from the fact yeah, that yeah. 
It must have been weird reading the script and just having to imagine TJ Miller coughing and spluttering all the way through it to make it really funny. Yeah. And it was really funny. So yeah, I, I love that show. I love that show. But I, I just want them to be happy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Sometimes I just want to cradle, cradle him and be like, oh, it's okay. I know your pain. I know mm. your pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's really good, and I like. I'm going to carry on watching it. Absolutely. I, 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 it's been consistently good for me. Every season has been. I've enjoyed every season and every not every episode. I'm probably I can't think of a specific example. There's probably one or two episodes which I haven't enjoyed. Um, okay, but, but that might have been because of this, what happens in the story, rather maybe, than any kind yeah. of lack in the yeah in the creativity of it and or the creation of it. And I think that it's hard to go wrong when you've got. A, I think the cast is so well done. Mm. You can tell that everyone, apart from the fact that we know Kamel and Johnny, he runs the nerd melt comedy um, like back room in, in a comic shop in LA that has loads of stand up and, and yeah. podcasts there. Um, and he did his own podcast with his wife about computer games. Like you, you can tell they're they're us. They yeah. are us, and they're in yeah. that position, and they are that close to doing what we want to do, which is to be very very successful, um, and get a lot of affirmation from doing something awesome. Mm. But it's so frustrating. Talking of frustrating, what was the other thing you wanted to talk about? Um, is winter taking forever? Uh, actually, that's not what I was um, I was talking about. But let's talk about that first. What were you going to talk about? Um, I'm hoping you've seen it. Gulp? What? The pilot for Preacher. No! You have <gasps> not seen it. I didn't even know it was out. Oh, I've got yeah, goosebumps, man. Seriously? Yeah. It's, okay, it's is good. it amazing? What channel is it on? Where is it on? Where can I find it? How did uh, you find it? I, um, it's on Amazon. Amazon Prime. Okay. But um, I'm sure there's other ways to watch it. I'm sure there are means. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's by AMC. Um, okay. So it's good quality. It's good quality. And um, I mean, I'm not someone... I haven't read the comic books. I've got a vague idea of the story and I did start to read them. Um, but I really enjoyed... I really, really enjoyed it. It was different. You know? It was okay. refreshing. Um, I love the so, comic books. Like, oh, that's brilliant. Who's in it? Dominic, uh, I don't know their names. Okay, no worries. I don't know their names, but they're all fairly decent actors. Oh, Dominic Cooper. It might be Dominic House Cooper. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and then Tony Stark's dad, I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. You're right. Um, there's also so the 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 vampire character I forget yeah. his name. Um, he's he he's been in stuff, but I don't know his name. Okay. Um, he's brilliant. Okay. He's very very thick Irish accent in it. Okay, and wow. it just uh, I don't know. The characters are really strong. Oh, awesome, um, and, awesome. And I, I I think you'll like it. I'm sure I will. I mean, I've been looking forward to like Outcast is getting turned into a TV show. Have you heard of that? It's Robert yeah. Kirkman. Robert Kirkman is writing like. I don't know how he's doing it on top of the TV show. I still, I still haven't read Outcast. Um, I've, I've started the, uh, the Invincibles. Invincible, yeah, that's that's Invincible, amazing. Sorry, how far through Invincible are you? Uh, I'm not that far through. I think maybe volume. Is it volume? I don't know. I'm I'm like out of the stuff I have, which is I think up to volume six. Okay. Is I've had I've read like two volumes maybe. It, it just it, for me it gets better and better and better and and by better it also gets 
more and more expansive. Yeah. Because I know you like a, a bit of a space opera. Yeah. In your in your comics. By volume eleven or fifteen, it, it is that yeah. properly. It's a galactic thing, and it's amazing how the story grows from like this little high school superhero story into this massive thing by way of like a fake Justice League and uh, I love it yeah. but anyway so Kirkman's got all these things on at the moment Outcast is is great but I'm very surprised that was the one they turned into a TV show straight away mm. Invincible could have maybe there's just too much superhero stuff going on for them to even think of doing a TV show of Invincible mm. um, but I think that would be quite an interesting thing they could just keep it in that first volume and have it be it about a high school kid who's only just getting his superpowers while his dad is the most famous superhero on earth. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Outcast is it's a really serious comic and I'm not sure how, like it might be a really serious TV show but I'm not, I don't know in the walking dead you're so grateful for those moments of levity. Yeah. And the preacher comics are so they're just funny by being outrageous. Yeah. And they're quite witty as, at the same time, you know, they're really well written. Does the, is the TV show funny? Is the pilot so funny? Parts of it are, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's enough. I mean, that's all you need, really. It's comedy and out and out comedy, but... Oh, I'm really excited. I'm going to... I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't even know. I was concentrating yeah, on this, watch this Game of Thrones nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> are you um, up to date with it? Yes. Yes. So what did you so, think about um, the last episode? So the last episode, the last scene, mm. I had... Uh, I had my reaction to it was not what I was expecting. I was laughing when when you know as soon as I made the connection uh, between hold the door mm. and Hodor, yeah, I started laughing because I felt it was really dumb. I don't know why. I mean, I, I it feels like there should have been. It felt shoehorned, I guess. Okay. To me, it didn't. I mean, I, it hasn't lessened my enjoyment of the whole, the whole thing, the whole episode, or anything like that. It was just, it just stood out to me because my reaction was not what I was expecting to seeing like a beloved character die, you know, uh, which was which was weird, I guess. But otherwise, overall, I like the episode. I I like what they're doing this season. Um, I'm eager to I'm, like every week I'm feeling for another episode do you reckon that if, it really feels like they're accelerating stuff well they are isn't am I right in thinking there were, there's only going to be seven seasons oh I thought there were ten really hmm. okay. I don't know why I thought there were ten I just thought there were ten um, it would make sense that there are seven because there are going to be seven books apparently yeah. and then they've kind of gone a season per book yeah but I, it just feels like it's accelerated now that if there are only seven, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because it felt to me like now that George R. R. Martin, that they've kind of surpassed where he's got to, and he's just told them the plot points that are going to get them to the end of the, yeah. the series. They're doing a lot of stuff that in the first, second, third, and fourth, the previous series of Game of Thrones wouldn't have done so quickly. For example, Sansa Stark receives word that Littlefinger is in the town next door to her. Mm. In series two, it would have taken two episodes before um, yeah. Sansa and Littlefinger got together to yeah. have that chat. Yeah, that, that actually that's actually stood stood out to me. In the yeah, episode, even with Sansa arriving at um, oh, Castle Black, yeah, Castle Ooh. Black, that was really quick. 
Like I did, I expected that to be longer. Because we're so used to, like, I fully expected it not to happen at all. Like, 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 uh, John Snow would have left just before <laughs> Sansa turned up. You know, that's what they would have done. Yeah. Two series ago, it, it feels like they're getting shit happening now. Although that said, Daenerys Targaryen can hurry up now. Okay, there there have been at my count, by my count, five scenes. Of her stood triumphantly while everyone else around her worships her. Mm. Yeah? This one being notable partly because it wasn't the end of a season, like it was at the end of the seasons two, three, and four, which mm. is amazing. Um, partly because she seems to have reneged on her contract not to take her clothes off, um, which is... I was kind of embarrassed even thinking about it when I watched the, the show. I was like... If I've got time to think about an actress's contract mm. while I'm watching a scene, <laughs> then the scene has gone on too long. Um, and and no amount of nudity is going to make me go, whoa, nudity, great, because yeah. it's, it's drama contextual. It's not mm. erotic in any way, obviously. It's just, oh, she's naked now mm. in a fire. Like You'd have hoped that the Mother of Dragons could preserve her clothing as well as her own skin, but apparently not. Mm. Um, but then likewise like I was really happy that the next episode she chats to Jura and, and has that whole I, 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 I banished you twice and you come back twice and mm. what the hell and he calls her bluff saying I'm actually going to die soon so I'll just leave you to it and she goes no kill yourself and come back to me like that again that level of mind changing and status play and con- conversation even would have taken multiple episodes or at least multiple scenes yeah in the original series. Yeah. And I lo- like, there's just so much. Maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe they decided that if it is seven seasons, they're like, holy shit, we need to hurry up. Yeah, we've got 20 episodes. Yeah, exactly. Less. So, and it feels like there's a lot of shit still to happen. Um, like what? <laughs> What's going to happen? Uh, uh, Speculate. Does John Snow, does who John Snow's mum in what does John okay how do I say this does the identity of John Snow's mother matter yes why because uh, it R legitimizes his claim to the L, throne yeah R plus L equals J that whole theory um, uh, I think that's that, I mean I feel tell like, me about that theory what are you talking, talking about that theory Rob plus no wait no no uh, Rhaegar Targaryen who um, they they they've mentioned it quite a few times that you know the 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 tournament at Harrenhal, I think, or um, where Rhaegar Targaryen. Um, so Starks think they kidnapped. Uh, he kidnapped Lyanna Stark, and then took her to the Tower of Joy, uh, which we see in Bran's flashback. Exactly, and um, and so. so Why that, are you so that good that with the around... of this? So did you read the books? I didn't read the books. How do you know things like Tower of Joy? I never would have been able. I knew what you were talking about. Because it's ironic. Because though, because but... I listen to a lot of podcasts on the subject. Like um, oh, okay. I've listened to podcasts and I talk about it with with friends who have read the book. And stuff. Okay. So I actually know a lot of things from the book, mm. uh, even though I haven't read them, which is probably awful. I should read the books to be honest. Um, now I, is now is the worst possible time to start reading. I the guess book. so. <laughs> well, actually, no. I feel like now is the best time because it won't spoil anything for the show for me. <laughs> And I'm more concerned with the show than I am with the books, I guess. Mm. I don't know if that'll change if, after I read the books. But 
Anyway. Um, no, I think that's fair enough. So, so where was I? So, Tara Joy, Liana, so Rhaegar took T- Talia Shire, no, uh, Liana Stark, Liana Stark to, yeah. to the Tower of Joy and um, Big Stark, Ned. Uh, Ned Stark arrives there, yeah. discovers something and the only thing in the book uh, about it is that he made a promise. Okay. Um, a promise to Liana to save To Liana. Just, they don't say what the promise was. Oh, right, okay. They said he made a promise. Okay. And around that time, oh, he care. comes back with um, Jon Snow, you know? And Lyanna's dead? Lyanna's dead. Rhaegar? Rhaegar's dead. Rhaegar died at the Trident. So, d- r- before Ned arrives to the Tower of Joy yeah. in that scene, yeah. uh, Rhaegar is already dead. Because oh. they were fighting the war... Um, so that was Robert's Rebellion. Gotcha. This is gotcha. after Robert's Rebellion. You see, right. Because I, I did wonder, because those screams, if they are Liana's screams, yeah. I assumed that was screams of something horrible and rapey going on, but actually that's screams of childbirth, potentially. That, I mean, that's what I feel convert, uh, confirms it, the fact that she is screaming. Blimey. You know? And so she died. And, and, and because, because um, there's evidence to suggest that they eloped rather than he kidnapped her. Um, there's one scene where uh, Sansa is talking to Littlefinger in the crypt and Sansa's explaining the story of what happened to Lyanna and Littlefinger makes a face in reaction like, nah, that's not what happened when she is talking about her, uh, Lyanna Stark being kidnapped. Yeah, he makes his fa- face like he, he... I don't know, but I feel those two As things... As she wasn't kidnapped, she went... Willingly, yeah, because she was in love with Rhaegar. Yeah, they were. They actually had a relationship. Yeah. Ah. Okay. And you know what happens at happened at the tournament, right? Because they they do explain that in the show. Uh, so at the tournament, he fought. I can't remember who he fought. He fought um, the king's guard that goes over to. The mountain. No, 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 the that goes over to Daenerys, and then he died last season. I forget his name. Anyway, he fights him. Um, Rhaegar wins and takes the prize or whatever it was. He doesn't take it to his wife. He takes it to Lyanna Stark. Hmm. Um, and in the book, it mentions about how she wept at the sound of his voice when he sang and stuff. Right. So th- it just it just seems... But where does that, that equation, R plus L equals J, what, what is that? Is that just how it's been named, or is that? Yeah. So Rhaegar Targaryen plus. Sure, sure. I get what the equation means. Yeah. Just, who who originally coined R plus L equals J? Is that in the books or in the show at all? No. It's just no. a code that someone. I made mean, up to. The George R. R. Martin doesn't allude to it very much in the books. Okay. It's these very very far off things that happen, um, which kind of I I I think it's confirmed fair, like. Okay, so. my, my, that's very exciting. If you've got a Targaryen Stark, then he's surely exactly who should be on the Iron Throne. Yeah. But my one little disappointment, I suppose, is that like in some weird romantic comedy version of Game of Thrones, Jon and Daenerys would get together and rule together. I guess that's not going to happen if they're cousins. I, I don't think that's... I think even if he isn't, I don't think that would happen. I feel like that's too typical for the show, you know. It has to end. It's too predictable. My my thing about Game of Thrones from the start is that it has to end. 
Yeah. And if the Game of Thrones never never stops being played, it can't end satisfactorily. There will just be a moment when the makers of the show or George R. R. Martin say, okay, that's the full stop. That is the point we are choosing to be the end of this programme. And surely they will, you'd hope that rather than really disappoint everyone, they would choose a moment in Westeros' history to stop it at. Yeah. And you'd hope that would be something momentous or something unifying, something that implies the Game of Thrones could stop being played. Okay. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, uh, to be honest, if I had to choose between them getting together or them going to war with each other, I would I would choose them going to war with each other, to be honest. Um, well, Daenerys will win that. Yeah, I guess. Because the, the, the Northerners have nothing. Pike has just lost its fleet. Yeah. Um, Winterfell is... And, and that's run by... Oh, that guy is so good. The Bolton... Bruce Bolton? Uh, Ramsay Bolton. Ramsay Bolton. Bruce Bolton was the, his, his father. I wouldn't even attempt to pronounce his name because it's, it's, it's quite Welsh. But he was, he was great in... Um, uh, what was that one? What was the TV show where those uh, the guys doing community service got in a storm and they end up with super- Misfits? Misfits. He right. was, yeah, he yeah. Was, he was, he was misfits. misfits. Yeah. Another parkour performance. But yeah, um, he's so creepy. He's dark, and it's nice. It's nice that Game of Thrones finally has a single central bad guy. Well, they had that. I feel like they had that with Joffrey. That's true, but somehow Joffrey, in spite of all his wickedness never seemed actually to to <clears throat> none of his aggression or sickness or weirdness actually I feel like that the, that's why Ramsay is Joffrey version 2 because Ramsay is Joffrey making changes back with a vengeance yeah, okay. <laughs> okay yeah yeah that's true that is true he's like super Joffrey yeah he's, yeah he's um he's actually changing the political landscape of the of the country rather than just hitting prostitutes yeah <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's much less about humiliation as the joy he gets from causing other people pain, which mm. is just so messed up. Mm. So messed up. So, but then, I'm so scared of these things. Like, it, because he's that bad, he's probably not going to get his comeuppance for quite a long time. That's the nature of Game of Thrones: is that mm. bad guys live longer and do better. Yeah, and that's horrible. Yeah, it is awesome. It is. It is. I. I. I that R plus R plus L equals J. I've he- heard that before. I just thought it might have been a reference to something in the books or like. Yeah. No, it. It does sound like a pretty concrete. Yeah. Theory though, doesn't it? Yeah. I did, like. I can't think of why Rhaegar would send his best knight to protect that tower because he looked like he was protecting it from, you know. I don't know. Hmm. I might have to go back and watch the whole thing again now to get into that story. Yeah. Because it's not it's not necessarily really Enjoy, the forefront. John, coincidence? Yeah, definitely <laughs> coincidence. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, it's, it is. Um, t- talking of... Back then we were talking about Kirkman. Are you reading any new comics at the moment? I am not. Actually, I I've got backlog. I haven't even been keeping up with the saga, to be honest. Okay. Um. So I'm a bit bit far behind. Have you been reading anything good? Yeah. Uh, Descender. Okay. Is a great 
newish. They're on like a, she's fifteen. Love do two volumes of, two volumes have come out of it basically. So mm-hmm. twelve but, Um, it's called Descender, and it's set eight years after. It's quite Mass Effecty. It's okay. set eight years after enormous, enormous robotic machines destroyed several planets in the Union, in a galactic union. Okay. Um, that is exactly Mass Effect. Sure. <laughs> um, but it's because of the... Um, because they looked like robots, these massive things, harvesters, whatever they um, humans have turned against robots and so robot kind have been abolished okay. and banished and destroyed mostly apart from tiny little enclaves and it's about Descender is about a robot boy Tim 21 um, who uh, is just trying to avoid being caught by, okay. by by people who want all of robots destroyed but it's there's two reasons it's amazing. One is the artwork, Dustin Nguyen. Um, it's it's entirely painted okay. with what looks like watercolors as well. Yeah. Like you must have done outline sketches, but it's incredibly beautiful. Um, and the other one is Jeff Lemire's writing in it. He, yeah, it's a proper world, and I, you really, really care about the characters in it. It is massive. It is, a, is it, it is operatic and galactic, and got some really cool space stuff. It's a really good, deep-ish sci-fi adventure. Yeah. But it's not like Profit, which is just crazy, mm. and you can't. there's no like single character to, to follow. And it's not like... Um, I know, it's, yeah, it feels fresh, despite having, like, as soon as I read the first five pages, I was like, this is Mass Effect. Yeah. But they're, they're clearly taking it a different direction, and it's, it's, yeah, it's really good. It's really, really good. And it's, 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 it's taking its time and setting up different factions and setting up the world. It's, it's got a bit of saga to it. It's a bit of, it's like saga meets Mass Effect meets AI meets, I don't know, something awesome. And it looks beautiful, yeah. And it just keeps getting better and better as well. Okay, so cool. many different awesome visual landscapes, but all within the same style of, of painting. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. And Chew, have you have you read any Chew? No, you mentioned Chew to me a while ago. It's um, not a sci-fi. Well, it's, it's not a space-bound sci-fi. It's a, yeah. There are sci-fi elements to it, and they're it's ridiculous and overblown. But that's coming to an end. It just released its penultimate volume, so it's finishing this year, which is sad but amazing at the same time. Yeah. I do think when a thing ends properly and knows how it's going to end, it's always really satisfying I'm good so yeah cool. um, that's my recommendation Descender is an amazing 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 okay. book I'll check that yeah um, I've just recently finished a a, a trilogy um, a book um, it's actually a space opera as well okay. it's called the Red Rising Trilogy okay um, it's by uh, Pierce Brown and um, it starts off like when I first started listening to it it starts off like a lot of the books I've been reading recently, which is very depressing, kind of... I describe it as like shonen manga style, okay. where the character is underpowered, you know? Mm. Um, and the entire first book is very Hunger Games-y, or Battle Royale-ish, mm. um, where 
the 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 protagonist is in a game sort of thing um but then after the first book it expands into a proper space opera and it's it's based around uh i would say so it's set you know a couple of hundred years in the future um humans colonized the moon um and then they used the people on the moon to, you know, terraform it and stuff, but they gave them genetic enhancements and stuff. Eventually, they rebelled, um, and then they colonized the rest of rest of the galaxy. But people, instead of race, they were separated into uh, colors. It was based on the color of their eyes. So um, <laughs> the the people who stood at the top of society were the golds who had gold eyes who were eight foot tall, you know, muscular, superhuman (laughs) beings. And the people right at the bottom were the Reds who, you know, who lived, the Reds were, I think, originally from Mars and they, they lived underground mining and they didn't know there was, um, they thought they were there, um, terraform, doing the first parts of the terraforming. Right. Whereas the rest of Mars is actually already like an established civilization. So right. they're treated like crap, basically. Right, right. And it's all about this one boy who tries to, um, you know, overcome, tries to destroy their civil, their way of life. Okay. Um, and is this a book or a it's a book? Comic, right? No. It's a book. Okay. Uh, it's a three part book. It's going to be a movie eventually cool. soon. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, it's not, it's not the best written, but it is a really, like you get a sense of an epic scale of the battles, and there's oh, like lots of, lots of like personal relationships mm. going on as well. Okay. Um, so I highly, I, I, I quite recommend it. Um, I'm about to start a, a book series, which is actually going to be a TV series as well, uh, called The Expanse, which. From its synopsis, sounds very similar to Red Rising, so I'm gonna I'm I'm looking forward to starting that and seeing what the Expanse is already out. I've seen the first episode of the Expanse. Okay, so it's already out. Yeah, is it was it good? Yeah, I was a bit worried that it was by sci-fi. Yeah, and it is it 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 is a sci-fi show. Right, is that thing where they haven't quite got the production value to merit the size of their ideas and the characters in it are. They have a habit of of make of taking tropes like 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 caricatured caricat caricatures cap taking stereotypes yeah. <laughs> and trying to make them trying to add depth by adding other things to them. Mm. Do you ever see Stargate Universe? Um, I've seen I've seen Stargate. No, I've seen SG One and Atlantis. I didn't. I don't think I ever watched Atlantis or any. Universe is is is, I think my favorite. I was a fan of Red Dwarf. Okay. As a kid. So I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan of this kind of sci-fi, Silent Running as well, seventies um, film, but uh, Universe was a um, hundred people go through a Stargate that is linked to a spaceship called Destiny and um, for the listener I just did uh, air quotes around Destiny because of how original a name that is um, and, and they had to go there and buy DLC yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> the um, it's a really nice idea. That it's about a hundred people who find themselves literally on the opposite side of the galaxy. Mm. No idea where they are, no mapping available, on a spaceship that's running out of power and air with no way of getting home. And um, that's a great setup for a show. And it ran for a couple of seasons and was okay, but lapsed into that whole Stargate thing of being scared of just having intra-spaceship drama, so they had to meet lots of aliens and rebels and things like that. But that, for me, that's... I don't know, probably wasn't even made by sci-fi, but that is the ultimate sci-fi show. Something that takes itself a little bit too seriously while having kind of cheesy comedy moments in it. Again, I, another I, I, long-winded way of saying The Expanse is kind of like that. It's okay. going to take itself really seriously. I don't know. I've, I feel like I've been spoiled by The Walking Deads and The Game of Thrones and Silicon Valleys. And, I mean, I tried to watch The 100 and, um, recently and I just couldn't watch it because of the production value and because it felt like an MTV kind of... Mm. Kind of thing. But that's and the CW. The CW only cast things with teenagers. Okay. Or rather people in their early 20s pretending to be teenagers. Well, I mean, Shannara Chronicles also came out, which I, I haven't read the books or anything, but I've heard decent things about the book. But it was by MTV, and it felt, you know, MTV to me. I was like, this is, yeah, this is for teenagers. You know? It's odd that MTV would be doing that. But then AMC stands for American Movie Classic, so it's not like they're trying to keep to their own remit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What we need, what I'd love, is a prestige sci-fi show. Can you think of the last kind of properly, like the last sci-fi show that everyone watched? In, in the same way that everyone watches The Walking Dead or Game of Thrones. Things that, like, if you'd said ten years ago, in ten years' time, the two like runaway TV successes would be a zombie TV show and a kind of... Fantasy. Sexy fantasy via yeah. fantasy thing show. It would have been very unlikely that yeah. you'd have believed me. But like um uh that that kind of implies they should be able to do a really nice big sci fi show now. Yeah. Um I don't know. I think I think there should be. I well, I would watch it. I would definitely watch it. I'm sure like millions of people would watch it as well, as much as they've watched. Mm. It's, you know, it's up to AMC or HBO to kind of get on that, you mm. know, if you're listening. Um, I'm sure they are. Yeah. Yeah, get on that. We should probably wrap things up now. Yeah. Because um, uh, I said an hour, it's been two. That's nice. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's flown by. Have you got anything that you didn't mention that you'd like to mention? Um, nothing in particular. Uh, I've been in di- I, I did want to mention this one game quickly I've been playing quite a lot uh, it's called Enter the Gungeon it's a top down twin stick shooter um, and I can't I can't stop playing it you mentioned it a while ago yeah, yeah it's really it's got the best name of anything as well. yeah it's 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 so much fun um, I, I so so there's there's levels you go down floors and at the end of each floor is a boss but then there's secret floors um, and they have their own bosses. And for the first time, I've gone through all the main floors and like won a run. Because right. you just go in, you keep going in, you keep sure. going in to do different things, get mm. different guns. And it's just such a cool game, honestly. It's such a cool game. So I'm totally addicted to that. Okay. And I don't see myself stopping playing that anytime soon. So, yeah. I mean, wow. that. Into the Gungeon. I'm going to I'm gonna have to check it out. 
There's so many things though. I'm still, I'm intending to, now that I've got through the DLC for Fallout 4, I'm gonna look at, start looking at Resident Evil again, all the remakes for the PlayStation they've got yeah. going on. I love that stuff. Um, Did you play Zero? No, not yet. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a weird thing, quite obsessive I think, where I'm gonna go from Zero to six once that's pretty cool remade like can't you just go to five <laughs> I'm going to jump into I love four four is probably my favourite and, no. and mm, no it's not two two is my favourite yeah but two, um, two is good it's, it's the best one yeah uh, that said I'd love I know we, we talked about this the other day and you said you'd like the remake to retain the fixed camera thing yeah. I would love to play an open world Resident Evil game not even massively open not, not sandbox necessarily but like mm. that city Raccoon City at the start of Resident Evil 2 that would be so cool as a to have true freedom no would it maybe I'm wrong I don't know you could still have fixed camera even if you did yeah yeah you could I don't think they'll they'll do that anytime soon no it's pointless I mean, as soon as it I started be... saying it I was like why would you because the whole point is you go and get a thing that makes you come back here I mean, you can it, open different doors it would be dying light then right okay yeah but I mean, I suppose Dying Light, the story is very different. It's like Dying Light, zombies are kind of, it's, it's Walking Dead, mm. zombies are an afterthought. It's mm. all about the humans. Yeah, sure. That, you know, to, you need to. Yeah, need that to expansion. And, yeah, that's crazy. I still haven't played that. I have it, um, but I still haven't played it. I can't remember seeing a zombie in there. It was all humans. It was all like raiders. That's before that. Uh, it was all, it was all. Raiders. No, no. I think I, I remember a lot of the the like marketing and stuff. When you're driving the vehicle, you're just yeah, plowing through. But that's the that's when you see the zombies. You okay. plow through them, and there's some surrounding a couple of bases and stuff. But mm. other than that, it's kind of about infiltrating human camps. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I mean, I think in the first game they do they start off with the zombies are the issue, mm. and then they go into. The humans are the issue, and this is just carrying that on. That's classic. I don't zombie. feel like they could go back to oh, the zombies are the issue. Mm. You know. Yeah, right. That's so. true. Unless it's some, I don't know. I've been keeping up with. There's another thing we haven't talked about, but I was a huge fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, the TV mm. shows, and the comics are still going. Oh, it's yeah? officially called season ten now. Yeah. Wow. Because they're on season ten, and they've got two books out: Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel and Faith, and they are both as good as the comic or the TV show has ever been. But for a while, the Buffy comic was treading water because the only way they could think of of keep continuing to expand was by having different types of zombies. Oh, sorry, vampires or demons. Yeah. So you had these things called zompires where <laughs> they were like um, slay, uh, vampires who were also zombies and were therefore a lot harder to kill, but stupider. And then they had sleigh pyres where, because of the way Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show ended, in the comics there are a lot of slayers. Um, and some of those slayers don't want to be slayers, and so some of them become bad guys, and so they choose to become vampires. So they are vampires with the power of slayers. And that's the bad... And it just kept, it kept doing that for a while. But now it is, it is properly awesome. And yeah, no one seems to know that these comics are happening but they are yeah. they're really no really really good and they're written by they're still written by people like Jane Espenson and um, uh, David Fury and Joss Whedon still oversees it and even like Nicholas Brendan who was a cast member 
comes back and writes for the comic every now and again. So yeah, it's really it's all really good stuff still. Mm. Yeah, but the thing I actually wanted to talk about briefly was a film called Enemy Mine is being released on Blu-ray. Okay, came out in nineteen eighty-six. It stars Dennis Quaid as a young man and Louis Gossett Jr. Louis Gossett Jr. Maybe, but um, you wouldn't recognise that it's Louis Gossett Jr. because he is in alien prosthetics. The special effects are bad in this film. I'm going to say that straight away now. Okay. They are weak. They're not Doctor Who in the 60s weak, but they are 90s sci-fi TV show weak. Yeah. Right? But the whole thing is there's a war going on between humans and aliens, mm. and these two space sh- two little fighter ships are in a, a dogfight, yeah. and they both crash in the same valley on the same un- uh, inhospitable planet. And it's about this human and this alien just having chats and bonding. And like halfway through the film, um, the human guy finds out that the alien guy is pregnant. And he's not actually a... Like, it's just the reproductive system with these aliens means that, that there's no women or men. They just... They, mm-hmm. they can all get pregnant. And so, like, Dennis... It turns into this weird kind of comedy where Dennis Quaid is trying to take care of this alien while this alien is pregnant and gives birth to a baby. And then the last half, an hour of the film, is them, like, looking after this baby, trying to protect it from all the humans and aliens that are attacked. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy cult film. And it's not, and that said, it's not cra- It's not like psychedelic crazy. It's just, to take a step back and describe the film, it's crazy. Honestly, that sounds like a plot line from an episode of Rick and Morty. To be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rick and Morty. I'm going to go and watch some of that. Um, oh, have you started watching it now? Yeah, I've seen the, I, I'd, I saw the first couple of episodes straight okay, away. Okay, all right. But I, I was, you know, I'm a holdout for... I love Dan Harmon. I was a holdout yeah, for um, more awesome. community. Harmon Town is a great podcast. Oh, he has a podcast? I didn't, I didn't know that. Harmon Town has been going for a while. Because, you know, there's a film called Harmon Town. You've got some Dan Harmon catching up today. Okay, right. So, So Harmon Town, the, the film, is a documentary about him going on tour yeah. with his podcast called Harmon Town. Okay. And Harmon Town, the podcast, is just him... And his friends chatting, but there's a regular thing in Harmontown, which I think has both a TV spin-off coming up and a separate podcast spin-off, um, where this guy, Spencer Crittenden, I think his name is, was just this kind of fairly normal geeky guy from LA who went to see Harmontown, the podcast being filmed, mm. and decided halfway through to suggest that he DMs a game of D&D with Dan Harmon and the people on stage. Yeah. And it became a regular thing. So every Harmontown episode starts with an hour of Dan Harmon basically getting drunker and drunker and, and berating himself and doing comedy and just chats and bits and things like that. And then there's a kind of 20-minute, half-an-hour thing towards the end of the podcast where they play D&D for a bit. Oh, my God, that sounds amazing. Yeah, and he's an amazing... Spencer is an amazing DM as well. He's He's... Hilarious, and it's worth going back to the 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 thing. You can still get some of the early episodes of Spencer because it's it's genuinely actually worth starting at the beginning of their their campaign. Okay, um, and I'm pretty sure someone on YouTube will have done this, or even SoundCloud maybe, where you can actually just listen to the just get the D and D bits. Okay, but the problem with that is that different guests play yeah the the, the game obviously. Yeah. And so there are going to be some episodes where they don't take it seriously at all. Some episodes where Harmon's too drunk to play it properly. Hey, I listened to the Johnny Rogan podcast. Oh, okay. So, okay. like, some episodes are just, like, goners anyway. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, he's uh, he's awesome, but his uh, he's he's what he's he's got a um, is it Shadow Run? It's kind yeah. of a modern war uh, steampunk version of D and D. Yeah, he's playing that at the moment, and I think the TV show is going to be called Harmon Quest. Um, which, yeah, it's okay, going to be really good. sweet. It's going to be really good if it if it happens. If it happens, I hope it does. Yeah, I feel like uh, he's a genius. Honestly, I think he's a genius. I've loved Community. I've loved Rick and Morty. Mm. Like Rick and Morty, uh, I, I rate it above like South Park and stuff. To be honest, okay. even though like South Park has like this, they they're like they're incredible. You know, it's it's not saying anything less of South, South Park. South Park's been going for seventeen years, yeah. and they're still South Park did an amazing thing where like the first four years everyone got to know what it was yeah. and then it subtly changed what it was yeah. and it is and for the last like 10, 12 years South Park has been the, like the last bastion of, of freedom of speech in America mm. and, yeah. and saying things that other people can't and dis- even if you the great thing about South Park is if you're watching it and you ever disagree with it you start to go oh of course I'm going to disagree with something they're saying yeah, because yeah. that's what they do they antagonise everything yeah I, I feel like South Park has much more of like a political and cultural impact than Rick and Morty does. Sure. But I enjoy Rick and Morty more. It does keep up that. Like, it's, it is. The, the, the vocal style is really hectic. Like yeah. people talking all like, yeah. that continues. Yeah. I like that. But it can be quite exhausting sometimes. Well, that's what I love those first two episodes. Yeah, I'm going to go back to see all of it. Okay. Yeah. Got a lot to watch now and read. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's been awesome, man. Cool. That was great. Thanks for having me. No problem.